here we are again. Howdy, 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 Smurf howdy. talk. Episode? 94. 94. That's always been a good number. 94? Yeah. I've always enjoyed that number. Really? Why is that? I don't know. Does it relate to the Chicago Bulls? No. It just has a ring to it. 94. No. None of all. No. I like the uh, 90s. Let me think. Yeah, 90 is, does sound like a good number. It's but a good decade, that's for sure. Dec- that was the best decade. It I was. Think. Every- Everything's been downhill. Everything was uphill <laughs> towards the 90s, Yep. and everything has been downhill since the 90s. Completely agree. My like Every top 10 thing we do or anything that we have to pick something, and my nostalgic picks that I always talk about, like, oh, this is a nostalgic pick for me because that's what I do. It all stems from the 90s, yep. every single ounce of it. Now, granted, that's when I was a wee lad, a, a small lass, if you will. Um, a lass is a woman. Yeah, that's fine. You can call me whatever you want. I'll go by anything. I was still small. Yeah. You know, and I was growing up, learning things, being molded, formed into the man that I am now. He's like a puddle of clay. Just a Really loose puddle of clay. <laughs> Somebody had a like, with a lot of allergies. Add thickening agents. And- oh, multiple thickening agents and a lot of asthma medication. Um, and then once that was all done, the medication and the the uh, thickening agents, the thickening agents and the inhalers. <clears throat> once that was done, I mean, I became this badass guy. You became with this a man go- with this goatee. You were you know? forged in the fires of the kiln in Verona. In the coal fires of Verona. <laughs> you, um, know, you know that coal mine in Verona burned for a long time. You ever heard did? that story? No. Oh, yeah. So, like, by Buttrey's there, the big hill. There's a big hill outside yeah. of a small town in it's Illinois like a- called Verona. And it was where the coal mine shafts all went down and stuff. I don't so know. So was the hill there prior or was it mounded up? It was much bigger. It was bigger. Yes. And then they collapsed it. But that's as far as it collapsed. So there was basically just a big mountain there, naturally? No, they built it. They built it. That's what I'm saying. So it it was was built. Why? I don't know. Why was it built, Jerry? No idea. No idea. Why do you need to build a hill to mine coal out of the ground? They needed it for the mining operation, I don't know why, though. I don't get it. For the elevators and the trolley cars. I could understand it if they were digging a pit and they had to put the dirt somewhere. Right. But that doesn't seem to be the case. Yeah, to be honest, I have no idea. All I know is that there's a big hole in it, and it was burning underground for years and years and years. Hmm. And you could see, like, blue-green fire coming out of the hill every so often. And that's why Verona is the way it is. Correct. <laughs> and that's why Verona was created. Verona created. is it's such an odd place to me because... It is. I forget it exists and right. that it's a town. Yes. All right. And then you're like... It's a village, actually. And then every once in a while, you're like, oh, Verona's right there. I only live like two miles away from it. Yeah, it's not far away. It's super close to my house, especially. Yes. It's very close. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, it's over there. So sometimes I'm like... You are very close to having a Verona address. I know. So I'm like, I'm just going to go drive through. This happens about once every five years. Don't do it. I'm like... I'm going to drive through Verona, man. I haven't been there in forever. So then I drive through, and I just immediately get depressed. Oh, it's not good. <laughs> like, when I was a kid, No I offense, absolute, Veronians. I absolutely... I mean, and you're talking first family. Well, you... Know, you Prince. You, sacrilege. You, you um, left. You left it. I did. I did leave. But uh, 
I, I loved growing up in the town. Like it was a perfect town. You could go anywhere, you know, do a lot of things with the friends. It's across such town. a, the, the old elevator that used to be there was a good hangout. My dad used to work there when I was a little kid, like right across the road. I almost rented grain storage there a couple of years ago. And good thing you didn't. Cause one of them blew over. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know. It was really fun. But then after my deployment, like when I came back from my deployment, they had torn down the old elevator. The bins were different. Uh, Howard's was basically closed. The whole town was just a little bit different. There's not much there to begin with, but it did change. And then it just keeps getting like worse and worse and nothing happens there. And it's just like crumbling. Yeah. It's kind of sad to me. It is. And the other day I drove... You know, we were driving around with me and Marley, and I'm like, let's go through Verona. And she's like, is that a place? She didn't even understand that it was a town. What? That we live two miles away from. How does she not? And I'm like, yeah, it's a town. Which It's a village. I forget about it myself. (laughs) So I drove her through it. She'd never been. Oh, wow. Did she's like, ooh. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, oh my gosh. You're like, yep, this is where Jerry comes from. This is the land <laughs> of the Snyder on. It was different when I was growing up, though, because they had the rubber tire factory. The bank was still open. It was a rubber tire factory. Yes, it was. It was a rubber factory. They made tires. They didn't make tires. They had tires there. I don't think they made tires. Oh, I went through that building. They had tires there. <laughs> okay. Me and Caleb Swartz. <laughs> okay. They had tires. I used. I spent a lot of time in Verona as a youth myself, because I went over to Caleb's. Yeah, yeah. And to Johnson's quite a bit. You went to Johnson's a lot. Yeah, a lot. I mean, that's where I spent my days. Yeah. And Sibbets across the lot. Go over to Johnson's. We'd walk down the tracks, chew yeah. tobacco, puke, <laughs> get caught smoking cigarettes <laughs> by did. somebody's parents. That's exactly what happened that's to me. Exactly what happened to me every time I went to Verona. <laughs> yeah. That's what we did. We went there. We did you smoked ever get, cigarettes and shoot tobacco. Did you get shunned on your seventh grade basketball team by the coach because you smoked your parents' cigarettes and your sister came to school, told everybody that I got caught smoking cigarettes, and then your basketball coach pulls you in front of the whole crowd of people and says, don't be like him. <laughs> no, that's funny, though. Oh, that's what happened to me. It's funny my... that you were even allowed to be on a basketball team, to be honest. Because, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I'm I, a lot, I was a lot bigger than you, and I got cut. Well, there was nobody that played. Oh, okay. And I started in eighth grade. This is this will be a good one for Seed and Top. If he was here, he would have so much to say on this topic. Yeah. Um, because I was basically an all-star point guard, and he was my middleman, you know, my power forward. Yeah. Where I refused to shoot and I would throw it to him. Did and he then, shoot? Oh, yeah. He scored all of our points the whole season. That's amazing to me. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't seem like a basketballer. He was in eighth grade. That's pretty good. He was a baller. I mean, I know he's a good Shot athlete. Collar. At least in baseball and such, but mm-hmm. I never thought of Football. him as a basketballer. Football is where he shined. Really? Oh, yeah. Led with his head. <laughs> 100% of the time. Uh, I don't know anything about the foosball, so... Oh, he he was very good. I played golf. I think he was a defensive end. He played both like uh, offense and defense. He was literally never off the field. Everybody did that, didn't they? Pretty uh, much. Most, yeah, most people did, but he literally never left the field. But you guys were they just like that was at the point of time 
where you like never won any games, right? Correct. Yes. And then they never won any games like for 10 years after that. Do they, or even longer than do that. they now? I don't think so. I don't think they like ever won a game after because we're talking like almost twenty <laughs> now. <laughs> I know it was like two thousand two was the last year they had a winning football team. Yeah, my senior year. Yeah, that was it. And the year before that, it was a, they were really good. They went to state two thousand one. Yeah, 2001. my junior year it was my freshman year. So you know, two thousand one was your freshman year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but in the fall. That's when I would have started. The there's fall no, of 2001. No, there's no way. August of 2001 was my freshman year. You were a junior. I was a senior when or you a were senior. a freshman. Yeah. 2002, I was a senior. It was 2001 to 2002. Aha. Uh-huh. 2000. You graduated to May 2002. of 2002, right? That's, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. In so that was May. your senior year. Oh, those years, they always, they always screw you up. Yeah. So that was, but 2001, I started, which would have been August, and then... I finished my freshman year, 2002, and then went to my sophomore year, end of 2002. Gotcha. Do you know how the that school years work now? Yeah, we were having this discussion the other day <laughs> when we were talking about age, right? This is a really good thing because, yeah, continue. Go ahead. Okay, I just think it's really odd how no matter what age you get to be, so I've been out of, we've been out of school for now like almost 20 years. Yep. And it doesn't matter how old you are, you always, if you, ref, people always say, I have a late birthday or I have an early birthday. And the people that say I have an early birthday always have a birthday in the fall. Right. Even if you're 40 years old, you're like, oh, I got an early birthday. My birthday's in October. Because but you're that's re- the end of the year that you'd really have a late birthday. Right. Because they're relating it to a school to year. To a school year. Still, at 40 years old, they're relating it to a school year. So my question was, this, we had this conversation on the way back from camping. And so my question was, what do homeschool people, like anybody that's been raised homeschooled, they probably don't say that, right? Or people that go to school year-round. Is that a thing? Yeah, oh yeah. Some places. Oh. Well, either way, somebody that doesn't have like our school year, where it's from late August to, you know, May or June, um, and the cutoff date is September, right? So... And that has moved over the years, but it's always been roughly around that time. Um, so that's why you say early birthday or late birthday. Like mine would be considered a late birthday because it's in April. Right. Mine's so in I March, was, so they always thought right. I had a late birthday. So we would say we had a late birthday for our class. But in reality. But in reality, it's an early birthday according to the calendar. Right. Interesting. It is interesting. I would it's like weird. to know... Anybody that listens that's been homeschooled or had school year-round or had a different, like, upbringing for schooling, do you, like, relate your birthday that way? Or do you say, like, oh, no, I got an early birthday? Or do you not even say, like, early or late birthday at all? You're just like, my birthday is in May. Right. (laughs) You know? Because then you've got the summer kids. And they're just a wild card. They're just wild cards. And that's all of my kids except for one. That is all of mine except for one as well. June and July, and then one in December. December 20th, really close to Christmas. That's a bummer, man. We were... Well, um, Jet, my youngest, was born on Thanksgiving Day. Right. That's That's crazy. Kind of a bummer. They made us a turkey dinner. Yeah, but Thanksgiving changes every year. Because Thanksgiving's always on a Thursday, so the date changes. Right. But Christmas... The date never changes. 
The day does. The day does. Correct. I always think that's odd. No, that's not certain odd. holidays are on a certain day. It just changes by one day every year. Yeah, I know. I just think it's odd that some holidays are always on a certain day of the week and some are always on a certain date. And then the one that really throws me off is yeah, Easter is because sometimes it's in like March yeah. and sometimes it's in like Lady January. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know. Yeah. E- Easter's a wild card. It's because it's never a rabbit. Know. I never know when it's coming. Well, can you hold a rabbit down? You know, like you put a rabbit in a room. Is it going to stay in the same spot? Easter's no an, way, man. an odd holiday for me these days in my life because like when I was a kid, we celebrated Easter. Yeah. And, but we went to church. Correct. And... I don't do that anymore. I'm like not a church going person. Right. And so it can, it's like, do I even, should I even be celebrating? Why not? I don't know. I'm not like a religious person. Well, you don't have to be. To celebrate Easter? It's a religious holiday. It is a religious holiday, but then you shouldn't celebrate Christmas. No, because see, Christmas was just co opted by Christians, but really it's like co opted. How? It was originally a pagan holiday. Christmas. Was it? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Let's look up the history of Christmas. Oh, great. Here we go. Histories. <laughs> um, but no, it was originally like a pagan... Uh, uh, okay. Though December 25th... Okay, hold on. Though December 25th is the day Christmas, Christians celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. The date itself and several of the customs we've come to associate with Christmas actually evolved from pagan traditions celebrating the winter solstice. So actually Christmas originally was a winter solstice So is that what festival. you celebrate, the winter solstice? Yeah, that's what I celebrate now. Oh, okay. But once Christianity started overtaking everything... Yes. They basically did, because Jesus wasn't, they don't even know that when he was born. They're just like, hey, there's this really popular holiday called Christmas, and everybody goes out and gets hammered. That's what it was. It was like a drunken holiday. It was? Yeah, it was like a ridiculous holiday. And the Christians um, were like, hey, we don't like all of this disorder happening, Wait, so how can we try and wrangle this in? Does it involve, like, does the original story involve the Krampus I don't know much about the Krampus. Because that's part of Christmas, too. I think that's like the original. Well, that's like a pagan thing. Here's the deal. In ancient Rome, there was a feast called Saturnalia that celebrated the solstice. What is the solstice? It's the day that the sun starts coming back. The The days start getting longer. And most of the traditions that we have that relate to Christmas relate to the solstice, which was celebrated in ancient Rome on December 25th. So Christmas predates Christianity. So when Christianity became the official religion of Rome, mm-hmm. they were able to fix this date. There was little discrepancy. There was a little discrepancy about it, but there's no question that in fact that it was celebrated in Rome as an important day with gift giving, candle lighting, and singing and decorating houses. Houses really cemented Christmas as December 25th. Um, Christmas trees were also pagan. That that really? was a pagan thing. Um, I never knew where they came from. Evergreen trees signal their... It has their re- nothing with, to do with Christianity. The return of life and light as the winter solstice meant the days were getting longer. Uh, they hung apples and little red balls on green trees. Um, mistletoe was started by the Druids, who believed it was an all-powerful healing item from oh, a sacred oak tree. 
Um, in the, if you met someone in the forest, you gave them a sign of peace under the mistletoe, so people started hanging mistletoe above their doorways. That's when they started smacking lips. The mistletoe was such a powerful symbol smacking of paganism that English churches actually banned it. Here, here's my question. Or, well, it's not really a question, but here's the issue. It's like, so if you don't celebrate Easter, which is fine, you don't have to, What's going to happen is all of your kids are going to be like, everybody's getting candy at Easter time. Well, Everybody talks about I, No, I'm saying we, we do celebrate Easter. Yeah. I'm just saying I feel a little odd about I, it sometimes because it's a, it's a religious holiday. But we still I mean, do the Easter bunny thing, the Easter basket, yeah, the candy. Yeah, so what's the stuff. difference? I don't know. Just interesting. I think it's weird that you would feel weird about it. When it's just like a random holiday. I don't feel weird about Christmas because Christmas is a is not it's a solstice. It's that's the celebration of the winter solstice. Okay. But Easter, I don't think I don't think Easter is anything other than a religious holiday. It's really not. It it it, it really isn't. So don't celebrate it. Well, with actually your kids. it was more of a Jewish holiday, right? Easter? Um, I don't know. Easter no is linked to the How Jewish it, it Passover. From. Um, has something to do with Passover, right? Mm-hmm. The Passover meal, and it's like the seven days leading up to Christ being uh, crucified. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Um, how did we get? So on don't this? I don't know how we got onto it. Easter. So don't don't celebrate it. Oh, Let's Easter also began as a pagan holiday, celebrating spring in the northern hemisphere, long before the advent of Christianity. Following the advent of Christianity, Easter period became associated with the resurrection of Christ. So the Christians just stole everything, basically. They're just like, hey, you guys got all these holidays. We want And them. you're basically just hanging around in a circle, getting naked, hammering <laughs> beers, having sex. And they're I like, don't like that. And we don't like that. I don't like we that. Don't like let's, that make going it, on. let's make it a little cleaner. Yeah. So we're going to just co-opt your holiday. And the pagans are like, what the hell, man? To be honest, it's a little more fun with candy. Yeah, well, I mean, people still party on holidays. Not Very so true. much Easter. <laughs> yeah, Easter because of when it falls, though, too. It's like it's Easter can be like any day of the week, right? Yeah, dude, it can be like it's any, like on a Tuesday. I don't know. I don't actually know. No, it's always on a Sunday. Easter. Sunday. Oh yeah, Easter Sunday. <laughs> You're right. Duh. Um. Yeah, it is always. On but a it is. But then the, again, like, who wants to go party on a Sunday night? So I can celebrate when you Easter don't, though, because it was a celebration of. You don't ever get Monday off solstice again. Nobody ever gets Mondays off. The spring equinox is a day where the amount of dark and the amount of daylight is exactly identical. So it's, it's the crazy. emergence from winter. Have you noticed how dark it's getting lately? Yeah, it's really sad. Like my soul. <laughs> I can tell. No, I, uh, yeah, it is. It's, it's sad. I don't like it getting dark. So yeah. Early. I mean, I like that it's getting cooler. Love that it's getting cooler. It's been it, like today was like a high of 65. That was ideal for me. I'm running. I always run a little bit hot blooded, mm-hmm. a little higher core hot temp. Blooded. Check it and see. Check it and see. I, I got a fever. Oh, 103. Oh, it's COVID. <laughs> Foreigner had COVID apparently so many years ago. But um, I, I'm digging. I'm digging the 60 degree temps. Yeah. This is where I thrive. Me too. We got the windows open. I put my whole house fan on. I can't do that. What? All your allergies. I cannot open windows. 
oh, I got my windows open. We got the whole house fan on. I sit right next to the window with a nice cool breeze. A cool uh, beverage, too. Cool brev- beverage. A An cool iced person. tea, perhaps. A cool wife. No, I don't like iced tea at all. But I'm not a tea guy. I went to a restaurant the other day, and Marley ordered an iced tea, and I ordered a diet Pepsi. So she drank the iced tea. And drink your Pepsi. I like it. You're just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't no. know. What this is. Okay. So so she, she ordered the iced tea. I'm, it's a part of a story, Jerry. I'm <laughs> okay, getting to well, it. Hurry up because it's already boring. And she's like, what is up with this iced tea? So I tasted it and it was super salty. And I'm like, this is this is no, garbage tea. So we salty flagged her tea. down. We're like, hey, get rid of this tea. <laughs> they put salt in it instead of sugar. Like, get rid of this tea. No, it was unsweetened tea. Get rid of this tea and get and and she's like, I'll just take a diet Pepsi. So then we drank our diet Pepsis. Salty. I think they had salty ice. They had salt ice. I think they had salty ice. Where can can I know the establishment? It was in South Wilmington. Oh, did it involve burgers? It did. Uh, it was a delicious meal. I'm sure it was. They uh, usually do, but they got salty ice. Caution if you're going to. Well, burger. one of them is coming to Seneca. Yeah, Seneca and Morris. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, well, it already burned down once, but Morris. Oh yeah, out at the the old country club there, the the uh, golf place. Yeah, if you will, the, the place where you place. hit the the small ball. The golf place. Yes, the golf place. Um. Anyway, we should probably move on to yeah. some news. I got a bunch of what I've been watching, so that'll take a while. So I got a few what. Yeah, I got some what I'm watching, but I have a lot of news and one big piece of news that has happened over the last week that I want to come to fruition. It's just talk right now. People are, you know, a lot of, a lot of work going on behind the scenes trying to get this going. Whether it will or not, I doubt. I really doubt this is ever going to happen, but boy, do I want it to. Are you talking about the Snarf Talk poster? No, I'm talking about, <laughs> not at all. That is happening. Um, Should we do an update on that real quick? All right, go ahead. All right. Snarf coloring contest. All but two have been delivered. Almost all the posters have been delivered. You should be getting them in the mail. They are due. I should have sent everybody an email, but I think it said like October 27th. Yeah. October 27th, you got to have a picture of your poster back to us. Um, Six weeks from this. I'm also thinking about just opening it back up for anybody that wants to just print off a poster and do it. Because... I feel like it was a bad idea to be printing and mailing all these posters. <laughs> Turned out to be a huge pain in the ass. Yeah, there was a lot of work to it. Um, and I also don't know the quality of what they're going to look like after they come out of those tubes. The tubes they're is kind of the issue. We should have got like the square um, flat packaging, you know, like FedEx has like documents sent in. So I got triangle ones that were pretty big and they would have been great. And they were free from the post office. Okay. But they were 24 inches long, which I thought was a little bit overkill. Oh, I gotcha. And so I didn't use them. And then, I don't know, it was hard to get packaging. It's hard to get anything right now. Yeah, it is. Amazon's just like difficult. Anyway, go on with what you're talking about. That's all. If you want to be in this coloring contest, I don't know. Send, send us, us a message. Email. We'll figure it out. We got extras. We'll get you one. Um. Okay, yeah, so, yeah, and that comes out our 100th episode. We will release the winner. Yes, and then we want your picture. You're going to have to send us your picture, or we're not sending you a prize. Keep your tube. 
or whatever you got to do. Like, yeah. but we want that picture back because it's going to hang on the wall at Snarf Talk Studios. You'll probably see it. Maybe we'll show it in the videos. We might hang it right up in front of the screen all the time. Yeah. You never know. But we want them back because this is unprecedented. Something that's never been done in the history of podcasting. That's a true. A coloring contest. I guarantee that's true. A, like a character, or a, what's that called? Caricature. A caricature of the podcast hosts being colored by their fans. First ever. Yeah. I'm going, we're history making right here. Snarf talk. Okay, so anyway, on a Joe Rogan podcast... He was interviewing a man named Tim Kennedy. I oh, my God. Marley has been going on and on and on about this, like, all week. I didn't watch it. I didn't listen to it. But then Tim Kennedy posted a tweet saying, on the Joe Rogan podcast, I said that you should interview or have a debate. Oh, this is not what I was talking about. Go okay. ahead, though. You should have a debate between Donald Trump and Joe Biden. On your podcast, four hours, uninterrupted, let them debate the way you have let other po- politicians talk on your podcast. Yeah, and never Joe, had a debate, but yeah. No, but he's let other politicians come on and have a podcast and talk about whatever they wanted to. And I think he, it'd be amazing. He said, yeah, he's like, I, w- I would do that, absolutely. Then Donald Trump tweeted, I'll do it. Yeah. And... uh we haven't heard anything from Joe Biden, but wouldn't that be amazing? That would be unbelievable. So after Donald he Trump... he has an amazing way of cutting through the bullshit. He does. And see, this is the thing. Like, Joe is a no-nonsense, no-bullshit guy. All right? Yes. Not a Republican, I wouldn't say, but he's pretty he's, center. I don't... Yeah, I don't think he he's says very... He's li- a, he says he's a liberal, but I'm going to tell you He's not very liberal. He's not a liberal. He's not very liberal. I think he just says that because he's in Hollywood. But he is not conservative by any means i mean he's, he was just middle of the road he's just he's like very middle of the road opened, but he's definitely not liberal either because he like loves guns yeah he hunts all the time he talks about so many things that are not liberal. i would say he's more left than center but yes he's open-minded right and uh trump obviously is i mean i don't even know if he's left or right or center does anybody doesn't i have no idea honestly and but he is not a really a bullshitter no he's pretty much just like say what he thinks and there have been times too when i've he said stuff and then i've heard him later on be like oh yeah and somebody else has said something he's like yeah okay (laughs) like he's i i want to say I know this is controversial, but like really, when you look at it, he's generally pretty open-minded, I feel like, about a lot of things. I agree. He um, is. But, I mean, Joe Biden is like straight talking points, mm-hmm. like uh, almost scripted. It is very scripted. And just very political, because he's been a politician for 47 years. Mm-hmm. And he just can't not be a politician because that's all he's ever yeah, been. Yeah, that, that's the way he's been forever. That's the way politics was yeah. while he was in it forever. And that's the way politics has always been. But Trump's and it's kind of been flipped not on a politician. Its, no, it's kind of been flipped on its head because Trump got the presidency. Right. And he's different. No, this is he's no like, comment on any no, it's ins not. and outs or anything. But that's the no, way. Just, that's the way I see it. Right. So here, was, so I feel like that would Trump would lend himself well to that scenario because you got a, a no bullshitter and also a no bullshitter 
But just wait. Here's where it gets a little more interesting. After Trump put out a tweet that said, I'll do it, it was commented on and and replied to by Joe Jorgensen. She's the third-party candidate um, that nobody knows about. I do, because she's a libertarian, She's right? a libertarian. That's who I'm voting she's for. She's a third-party candidate. She is a very good platform, I think, if you look into her. But she commented on it and said, she's like, at the real Donald Trump, she's like, you said many years ago that you would always include a third-party candidate in any debate you did. She's like, this is a debate that I want to be involved in. She's like, my name is on every ballot, and I am the third-party candidate. She's like, let's get, let's do this. Yeah, I want to be involved. Because nobody's ever heard of her. And... I mean, I've, don't, I've heard of her a lot. They don't allow a third-party candidate in unless they have, what, 3% in the polls? I'm not sure. I they got to have a know. certain polling amount, but with which a Joe, I think is wrong. But with a Joe, yeah, I think it's But you can't just let wrong. anybody in a debate either. you got to have some sort of entry criteria. But with a Joe Rogan podcast well, debate... Yeah, you can do whatever you want. And she is going to be on the ballot. Let Joe Jorgensen, Donald Trump, and Joe Biden have a legitimate debate for four hours. Well, I mean, Joe Biden's never going to do it. I know he isn't, but man, wouldn't that be incredible? I just want that to happen so bad. The thing about it is, I don't think there's going to be any debates, and I'll tell you why. No, I don't think there is either. Yeah, I agree. If you're, and I'm not saying this is right or wrong, I'm just saying if you're looking at it from Joe Biden's standpoint, there's nothing for him to gain. No. Not a single ounce can he gain from a debate. Right. And there's a lot for him to lose. Right. There's too much to lose. For Trump, there's nothing he can lose and he can only gain. So it's like the opposite situation. So, I mean, yeah, of course Trump wants to do it. First of all, I think it's absolutely asinine. I know we don't talk about politics, but I think it's completely asinine and ridiculous for there to even be an implication of there not to be debates for the president of the United States. Yes, I 100% agree is, with you. Why would you ever say you don't want to have a debate between two... I don't even know why it's in question. Exactly. They yeah. need to have fucking debates. They have to have a debate. How can anybody... I hate the way they put debates on, first off. Oh, like yeah, they're the, awful. The format and the style of a debate is heavily moder- like moderated... And you don't have enough time to give out uh, like a real answer. People argue back and forth that it seems, it almost seems prompted to me in most debates where people are saying like, all right, you go, you go. Okay, you go. Where it's like, oh, like, oh, I'll raise my hand. No, 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 I didn't say that. I didn't well, say that. Well, you're talking about the primary debates. Those are outrageous. The pu- Presidential debates are a little more; they get more time. Not much. There's only because there's two of them. There's two of them. Yeah, that's the only reason why they have more time. I, I want to say I Either remember way. that debate between Hillary Clinton and Trump that one time. Remember, it was like a town hall debate, and uh, Hillary Clinton like says something about some something would happen if Trump was in office, and he just under his breath goes, "Yeah, you'd be in jail." Oh, yeah. And the whole place like blew that. up. Yeah. <laughs> that was the greatest debate performance in the history of mankind. Yeah, that was good. I do um, remember that. So I don't know. Did you know George Jorgensen's from Illinois? Oh, no. I Libertyville, didn't. Illinois. I didn't it's know. It's one that. of the, literally the richest city in Illinois. Is it really? <laughs> one of the richest, yeah. Huh. Libertyville. Yeah, big time money up there. Um, okay. So I have always been a libertarian. 
Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I've always identified as politically. That's my spectrum. Um, so I usually vote libertarian, not because of one way or another, only because our votes are irrelevant in Illinois. They really are. Yeah. So I'm like, I might as well vote for the third party and maybe they'll get enough money that you there think could we'll, actually be a viable third party candidate. Do you ever think there will be a day in Illinois where that flips? No. Do you no think chance. in our lifetime that we'll ever see that? No. Yeah, I don't, I don't really think so either. I mean, we had a Republican governor. We did. Yeah, like several. Jim Edgar. Yeah. Bruce Rauner. But again, Rauner wasn't really a Republican. He was just a rich person, like Mm non-politician. So that's why he won. I mean, he was an outsider. Me and you are old cronies with Rauner. I've met him. He's been to my farm. Yeah, he's been to Brandon Road Lie. Yeah. I got pictures with him. Me too. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. (laughs) It's like, we're cronies. So what do you think uh, Joe, Joe Jorgensen's... You want to see? You want to know what her stance? It's because she gets no play, no airtime. No, she doesn't. Let's give get her any. some airtime. Go for it. You're a libertarian. Joe's vision for our future. Do you want to know what it is? Um, make Illinois great again. Generations of Republican and Democrat politicians have failed the people of America. Together, they have given us over twenty-six trillion dollars in debt, mm-hmm. unfunded liabilities. Nonstop involvement in expensive and deadly foreign wars, skyrocketing healthcare costs, the highest imprisonment rate in the world, wow. a broken retirement system, Terribly broken. tariffs that have destroyed markets for American uh. farmers and raising consumer prices, tariffs. energy policies driven by special interests, big government mandates and programs created these problems to solve them. We need to make government smaller, Small Jerry, government. much, much smaller. Bring Listen. it down. I, don't, I think a lot of people don't realize that if they really looked at it, they'd be a libertarian, too. I completely agree. I love it. I think it's, I think it's the right way to go. I'm on the record, man. That's my... Well, that wasn't really any stances on issues, but... No, it uh, what, here, it was She's just got like little her. swinging boxes here. Here's her stance on neutrality and peace. I want to turn America into one giant Switzerland, armed and neutral. Agree. I like that. COVID-19, we must reduce red tape and regulations so that medicine and treatments as well as testing can get to patients at all times. Disagree. It's a hoax. (laughs) (laughs) Healthcare. We can reduce the cost of healthcare by 75% by allowing real price competition. Sure. Okay. Social Security. As president, I would work to implement a solution like Cato's 6.2 solution. Don't know what that means. Cato Kalen. Yeah. Probably that's who they're referring to. That's what it is. Which... We, I'm friends with. Yeah, we're very good friends <laughs> with him. Uh, Jerry once uh, challenged him to an armless in contest. I did. He got real sick of me. He real didn't quick. like. That. <laughs> he got real sick of me real quick. But hopefully, he remembers us the next time we go there. Um, let's see. Environment. I will work to remove government barriers to replacing coal and oil power plants. Okay. All right. I'm all for I'm for nuclear energy. Nuclear energy is where it is. Save Dresden and save Byron. Government spending. As president, I will use my constitutional authority to block any new borrowing. Trade and immigration. The freedom to trade and travel are fundamental to human liberty. Okay. Um, there's so much more. Yeah, there's a My lot. main things are we do put too many people in prison. Oh, yeah. Drug laws are of out of control, um, which they're changing, but taxes are too damn high. Especially property taxes. But the rent I guess I is know, too damn high. I know that's not a federal government issue, but whatever. They should raise the Social Security age. If, that, if they're having a problem with Social Security, they should raise the age. 
of eligibility. That's the end of that. Fixed mm-hmm. it. Yes. Healthcare. I mean, I don't know what the answer to healthcare is. Sometimes I go, sometimes I think universal. Sometimes I think that's the way to go. But sometimes yeah. I think more government involvement's bad. It is bad. But they also can negotiate prices better. But the, bi- also, the biggest problem is with big pharma. Is All it? the pharmacy companies, yes. Is it a big problem? Because they've given it us is. like so much better healthcare over the last 20, 30 years. I agree they have. All of the innovation also... in healthcare is driven from the United States because of our profit system. Because profit is incentive. To make more. To, to make. To be better. To fix things, to come up with cures. To do this, to make better technology, to make better surgeries. But you can't They're say... driven by profit. I understand that, but you can't say like our medical system isn't overinflated in every way. Oh, it's absolutely insane. I went to so, the emergency room on 4th of July. I was there for an hour. My bill was $6,000. Yeah, there you go. It's insanity. And they didn't even do anything. People can they have simple... They washed my eye out with saline. Yeah. And that's it. It was $6,000. Well, didn't they give you stitches? Oh, yeah. Six stitches. Thousand dollars a stitch. I mean, that is insane. But also, you got to think of it this way: they're open twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. Well, that's a private every hospital. Day of, every day of the year to provide emergency medicine to everybody that walks in that door. They can't refuse anybody. I understand that. And to have a certain level of facilities, there has to be some kind of a base charge. You're correct, uh, but there are other facilities that are within a group. Right, so Morris is like its own thing. Morris Hospital, that's the one you went to. That's its own thing. But then you have like, uh, you know, Amina St. Joe's, right? So Amina is like a healthcare group that has a bunch of hospitals involved okay, with it. So they can charge more money. They'll charge you more money. Yeah, I don't know what the answer is. There's no like base. It's just whatever they feel like. I only they have need to one opinion you. on healthcare, and that's. That I think that it's ridiculous that we've gotten to this system where it's on employers to be providing health insurance for their employees. I think that disincentivizes people to understand about healthcare costs, to understand what it costs. Oh, it's like it's a it's almost like a monopoly because you're forced to go there. So it's like, well, if you're coming here, we're just gonna charge you whatever we want. That's what it seems like for most people, because small procedures cost so much money. And it's not because the instruments cost a lot of money or like what they have is costing the the doctor a lot of money. No, it doesn't. It's not really costing him much at all besides his time. And then it's just like, well, I was in here for five minutes to see you. That'll be $55,000. Yeah, I know. When I had my heart procedure, it was 120,000. Right. And, you know, it was an outpatient procedure. Exactly. Um, I mean, that's insane, but I don't know what my health insurance company actually paid them. I'm sure they didn't pay them 120000 No, and that's the difference. I don't know what insurance does. My point in it, though, is regardless of that, I don't like this whole system. We have employment-based healthcare. I think people, it divorces people's responsibilities for understanding the impacts of healthcare um, when they have their work provided to them. They don't see it come out of their pay. They don't see their hours reduced because of it. They don't see any of that. I think 
it's hard for people to transfer jobs because they're afraid of losing their insurance. They don't want to go here. They don't want to go mm-hmm. there. I don't like this extended adolescence that we've gr- given people by saying, okay, you're now done with high school. You're Now you're done with college. Now you're moving out of your parents' house. Now you're moving into a job where they're going to take care of you. They're going to be your mom and dad. They're going to give you your insurance. They're going to pay for this. They're going to pay for that. You don't have to think about it. We'll take care of your retirement. You don't worry about it. Okay. No. Grow the fuck up. Worry about your health care. Be in charge of your own destiny. Right. Take care of your own retirement. Like, don't, you don't have to, I don't like this system where, and maybe it's just because I run a business well, that, and I it, am an employer. That's what I was going to bring up. It's so obnoxious that we have to treat everybody like they're children. Let people, force people to deal with that shit on their own. I'm an employer. I should be deal, I should deal with giving you money in exchange for labor. Right. Okay. But wouldn't that, don't you think that would, I mean, in today's day and age, that would inflate the amount of money you have to pay somebody to get that stuff because it does cost you money in order to pay for their insurance. And it like per person, it costs you X amount of dollars to have one person to work for you. You want to know what's insane about it? So if I, if I give my employees healthcare through a company employee employment policy, so I go to Blue Cross and I say, I'm going to set up an employment policy for my employees. Mm-hmm. I will pay either in their entire premium or a fraction of their premium, and the rest they'll pay through yeah. deduction of their check. Um, there's no ability for me or them to get a government subsidy for that insurance. Right. So if, or if they were to go to the healthcare marketplace as an individual and go in there, and say, as an individual, I make $50,000 a year. I'm going to the marketplace, and here are the plans I can choose from. Okay, this plan costs $1,000, but you're going to get a $750 government subsidy. So you're going to pay $250 a month. Mm-hmm. All right? That's what that person would pay out of pocket for that insurance policy. That same policy, if I provide it to my employee, regardless if the employee still also makes the same amount of money, I have to pay the full 1000 for that employee. Really? Yes, to get that policy. It's it's just it doesn't make any sense. It's a ridiculous system. That's why I'm you know people say all the time you know especially as a libertarian you know it'd be like you should be against universal health care you know but really when I think about it as an employer yeah I, the I, government I, covering everybody at least to a certain extent. For their, for their insurance and divorcing responsibility of employers and mm-hmm. businesses to provide insurance for all these people, that's not a bad thing from that perspective. What I think the answer is is somewhere in the middle. So like universal health care, why can't we just provide everybody with universal catastrophic policies? So why I can't like we give idea. everybody a $6,000 deductible insurance policy? Yes. So everybody's got insurance. They get a $6,000 deductible and an HSA health savings account mm-hmm. okay so worst case scenario something terrible happens you're out six thousand dollars yes and you're paying that to the hospital on a payment plan all right uh best case scenario you have an hsa which you can store money in every year you can put twenty five hundred thirty five hundred dollars a person in you can invest it tax-free yep and you can take it as your retirement if you never use it it's a great thing health savings account um and if you want better coverage than that you can buy up if you want a $2,500 deductible, you make up the difference. Right. That's what we should do. Why can't we do that? I don't... Or make it a 10... 
$10,000 deductible. To be honest, there's no reason why you can't do that. And at this point, even with the deductible at, as what you say, like six dollars or $10,000, it's not much different than what our healthcare is now. I mean, at the end of the day, it'll be better for you. But for payment-wise, if somebody says, well, I can't afford a $6,000 deductible, well, no, but you can't also afford to not have insurance, and you can't also afford to pay for the majority of procedures that happen. Yeah. Like everything you go to the hospital for now, if it's especially if it's an emergency, you're stuck with a certain payment and your insurance is only paying so much. And if you're in the hospital for multiple days, you've got a hefty bill in front of you that you're going to have to pay. I mean, as an individual market insurer my entire life, because I've always had a business of my own. And you're going to be on a payment plan with the hospital. <clears throat> it's always, that's what you get. You get a $6,000 deductible. I mean, yeah. Nobody can afford on an individual market to go out and get an $800 deductible. You can only get those kinds of things if you work for, for a, a company. A company, a large company, yeah. Um, so that's it's not the worst thing in the world because the good thing there's good things about a high deductible, right? One of the good things is you qualify for an HSA, and I think they're an awesome thing. The other thing is you make better decisions about when you need to be going to the doctor. Do you really need to go to the emergency room? Yeah. Okay. This could also help our problem with antibiotics. Yeah. Well, that's people the other that thing. go to the doctor for just anything that you think you're sick with, even though it could just be like seasonal allergies. And then there's certain doctors um, that kind of pander to that to that and say like, eh, yeah, here, here's a here's an antibiotic, whatever. Here, go yeah. go away, and you get an antibiotic for something that is non-existent, and then like we have this big issue with antibiotics becoming like they don't work. They're, they're not working because so many people take them for things that aren't in their body. And then you get like diseases, get immune to it because you're getting prescribed the exact same antibiotic over and over, over and over and over again. And they're not doing anything. So then they have to create new antibiotics to try to fight this thing that is resistant to the original drug. And it's a big issue. And, Doctors have been like sued over giving out antibiotics to people that don't need it. And to be honest, like my mom is one of them. She'll go to the doctor for anything all the time. She can call them on the phone and say, I think I have a sinus infection. And they're like, all right, your prescriptions at Walmart, go pick it up and she'll get an antibiotic. Like mom, you're not sick. Like there's nothing wrong with you. Why are you getting an antibiotic? Well, it's October. I always get, uh, I always get sick in October. What? <laughs> what? You're not sick. Yeah. Like if I have a cough or if Amy starts sneezing or something, she'll be like, oh, she better get an antibiotic for that. And then Amy just blows up. She's like, I, there's nothing wrong with me. I have a, yeah, I might have a cold or I might have a virus. They don't treat viruses. Right. Like I, I don't need to go to the doctor. I don't know. You might want to get an antibiotic. It's just, Unbelievable, because there's two extremes. Yeah, in my life, and I don't know. It's just uh, the whole healthcare thing is it's a problem. So Joe Rogan was going to have a hopefully have a debate. Between I can't believe people. we just talked about <laughs> politics like that. People are you be did mad about things. I don't care. You talked that. all about it. I've got more news. Okay, can I move on? Sure. Are you sure? Oh, there is one real quick thing about Joe Rogan because Marley has been going on and on and on about. This episode she listened to it was Tom O'Neill. Did you listen to that one? I did not. No. It was the whole one about Charles Manson and how okay. he was a CIA 
operativity is part of the experiments. The CIA did these experiments. Wait, wait, wait. Charles Manson was or the O'Neill guy was? No, Charles Manson. Okay, so Tom O'Neill wrote this book called Chaos, Charles Manson, the CIA, and the Secret History of the 60s. He was on there. It's mm. very interesting. You need to listen to it. Yeah, I do. That intrigues me big um, time. So he did this whole... Uh, he's been researching for 25 years, and he's an investigative journalist of some renown. Okay. So he's not like some complete idiot. And I don't expect some complete idiot to be on the Joe Rogan show. Um, well, so anyway, he researched this whole life of Charles Manson. She kept coming back to the fact that Charles Manson, who was like a career criminal from his childhood, mm -hmm. um, would never stay in jail. He kept getting released from jail, released from jail, released from jail. And it all kind of came back and, and coincided with this whole thing that the CIA did in the Korean War. It started in the Korean War when they started using LSD to give to prisoners and prisoners of war as interrogation method. And they started doing human experimentation on prisoners, essentially. This is well noted. Okay. People went to jail over it. I mean, yeah. it was a thing that happened through the 50s and 60s. Um, the CIA, the military, and our government used human guinea pigs to give... Best, they, best time of our lives. <laughs> yeah, all <laughs> kinds of stuff. So, um, and then they started doing, the CIA and other organizations started doing that same thing in the United States to people. They did it on college campuses. Yeah. They did it all over. They gave people um, LSD. They tortured people. Wow. They did all kinds of crazy things. Um, I, I can't remember the name of the program. It's well documented. You can read about it. But anyway, this whole thing was as it relates to Charles Manson and how he was working with the CIA to implement some of these experimentations. Yeah. And he was using, some, and he himself went through as a prisoner because they would, they would do this, the CIA would do this to prisoners in the American prison system. Yeah. They would take these people, they would use them as human guinea pigs in LSD experiments, uh, brainwashing experiments, that was a big thing. They were trying to make Manchurian candidates. They were trying to use wow. LSD to not only elicit confessions and interrogations, but also to brainwash people into becoming Manchurian candidates and carrying out murder for, like, basically the Winter Soldier right. plot. For hire. Um, so they think that this happened to Charles Manson when he was a prisoner at one point. And when he got out, he worked with the CIA, and that's, like, his whole cult that he grew, that was all, like, an LSD-fueled, brainwashed, um, designed thing that was done either by him working with the CIA or him using the principles that he was taught by the CIA to then go out and do this. So it's, it's a very interesting podcast, but Marley was way off the deep end. I really want to read the book now, but he goes yeah, into it really in depth onto Joe Rogan. Um, super crazy. Anyway. Yeah, no, that sounds amazing. I would love to know about that because it's, I think Charles Manson is a very interesting character to begin with. Like when you, if you ever watch any video of him speaking and talking, you can tell. I'm obviously he has a lot of issues, but I think he has like immediate flashbacks or hallucinations, like in the middle of a conversation. Cause he'll be speaking and then all of a sudden his head like turns and he's like all over the place looking around and then gets wild like in the middle of a conversation. And he was, uh, 
a crazy, crazy man. And it wouldn't surprise me if the government had any involvement in this crazy ass dude's life. Oh, they, I mean, they clearly did. And he kept saying it throughout the podcast too. But Joe, it, Joe would be like, this, so this is like your opinion of what happened? He's like, he's like, I don't have opinions on what happened. These are just facts of what happened. And I've researched them and put pieces together so you can, you know, believe facts or not believe facts. But he's dug up the. So I guess I haven't ever looked back. I mean, I haven't done a lot of research or anything on this. And I don't. I, I've watched some videos of Charles Manson just because I thought it was interesting to see this guy speak because of how out there he was. And from what I've seen, I haven't watched everything, obviously, but from what I've seen of him, I have never really seen him talk about the government before. I mean, he's he's said things about the government, but never in a way that they were involved with him or in controlling him. Or you would think at some point after being incarcerated for so long um, that you would basically just see, you know, there's no light at the end of this tunnel. Let me just speak about what actually happened here. Well, and you never see that. And I, I'm not clear on whether he was working for the government or he was implementing things that he had learned through the, his experiences being a part of these well, CIA and experiments. That's, and that's what I mean. It could be either way. It, I guess it doesn't really matter. You would just assume at some point he would say something like, this is what the CIA was doing in the late 50s, early 60s, and this is why I did it to them. Well, I don't know. Maybe you know that, what I mean? Maybe that did happen. I, I have no. I idea. don't know, and I don't know either. But I don't know. You just. I don't remember the ins and outs of the podcast, and I obviously haven't read the book. I'd like to learn more. It was interesting, though, how he continually would be getting out of jail, and so it is. Right. The people in his cult that were committing things were getting out of jail, but one one of the things was that like district attorney or somebody in the government was like in his cult, so that was like the, one of the prosecutors Weird. or something. I don't know. The whole thing is very odd. It's also crazy to me that, you know, they were just like doing human experiments on people. It's happened a lot. Yeah. It's probably still happening. A lot. A hundred percent. It's probably less happening now. But I guarantee you somewhere it's happening. Yeah. Well, it's definitely happening in China. I mean, for a fact. I mean, oh, we know yeah. That no, I know that. But, but I'm saying in the United States, I guarantee you somewhere, some underground lab, it's happening. Yeah. All right, on to better news. Um, well, not necessarily better, but more comic booky. So there's a little company called DC. Yeah, DC. Yeah, you know them? Detective Comics. Distinguished Competitors. D- Detective Comics. Uh, they have an app called DC Universe. Yeah. You and I subscribe. Uh, it is being replaced with a different app called DC Universe Infinite. Yeah. And it's just comics, right? Did you know about this? Yeah. Oh, yes, it is just comics. But it says the introduction of DC Universe Infinite will see recent released comics arrive six months after their physical versions release in bookstores, along with original graphic novels spanning 80 years of the DC multiverse. Subscribers will also have quicker access to DC digital first titles. Uh, the The updated app will also be the future home of DC Universe Infinite Originals, which includes new content created for the service and starring your favorite DC characters. Current DC Universe subscribers will have their accounts seamlessly transferred to DC Universe Infinite summer of 2021. Nice. I like it. I'll continue to subscribe. 
we had the question of since everything was being switched over to HBO Max video wise, what what were they going to do with the comic book? Yeah, well, there was side I mean, of things. We didn't. You know? we, I knew they would. This is what I figured would happen, um, and it is. So. I think it's a good move. I do too. Um, because I do think digital comics is kind of where it's at now. And I mean, a everybody, subscription service. Honestly, I'll read more comics if I get us if I get that. You had Comicsology, and you don't read anything. Yeah, this is only I w- DC. I know, but I wasn't. You're a Marvel guy. I wasn't happy with Comicsology at all. Why? I didn't like how they'd give you like two or three episode issues, and then you'd have to pay for more. Well, that's the unlimited version. But but, but DC, that's not what they're doing. I'd rather have it the way they're doing it, where I can just you pay get my, for a subscription and get all of the comic books. Granted, I know they're six months late, but that's fine with me. Yeah, but this is. I mean, you have to understand what Comicsology is. That's like an online comic book store, right? Yeah. So, and then they tried to transition into a subscription service. Yeah, but I don't think they did a good job at it. I didn't like it. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't necessarily agree with the subscription part where they only give you, like the unlimited part where they only give you two to three books in the run. But I do like Comixology as a digital platform for comics because you can buy them just like you do at a brick and mortar store for the same amount of money or cheaper. Yeah, but I wanted instances. a subscription. I want a subscription service. I'd rather pay eight bucks a month and have a bunch of you know ha- not have to worry about buying individual issues. I would read more. Yeah, I don't otherwise have a you're paying two ninety nine per issue, and you're like. Do I really want to pay two ninety nine right or now more. to read Superman or something? No, but if it's if I'm paying ten bucks a month, so that, this is month, where I agree with like the six months later thing is because on Comixology, like six months later, they'll have a collected trade and you can buy it for fifteen bucks, right? Which I would normally do. That's you what know, I would and that's do. always what I do. I do subscribe to, or I did subscribe to certain comic books for each issue, just. Honestly, I don't know why. Just because I wanted to read them right away. Right. And then I ended up not reading them right away and waiting three months and then starting reading, starting to read like the individual well, trades. Well, it's horrendous. And then the whole collected I'm gonna, trade I, is I'm not going to lie. It's it's horrible reading a month to month book. It's, yeah. Because you read them so fast and you can't get a sense of the story. And then the next one comes out. You don't remember what happened in the last one. You got to go re- reread that. Yeah. That's why I pretty much only wait for trades. I know. It's the only way to go. It and really to be is. honest, the comic book uh, world, I think, is going to that. I think they're going... Well, that would be smart because, you know, it's easy to... It's hard to sell a book for two ninety nine or one ninety nine. Well, I guarantee you they've Wait. seen the decline in single issues. Yeah, but it's hard to buy a single issue for two ninety nine when for 15 bucks, 12 bucks, you can buy a nice paperback bound trade paperback with six, five to six issues in there. Yeah. And it's a it contained Sometimes story. seven or eight. Yeah, it's a contained story. Um, seven that's the or eight way to issues. Go. Seven it, or- it looks nice on your shelf. You know what I mean? It's and, just a better product. And think about that. Like a five-issue collected trade uh, or volume or whatever you want to call it, like a five-issue trade is about 100 pages of right. content. You know, like with 20-page 20, 20 comic books, you've got a 100-page book right there. Of content, like that's a lot yeah, to go through, and it's much more worthwhile to go through that than it is single issues. I completely agree because I've always left somewhat unsatisfied 
at the end of a single issue. I agree. And it's probably cheaper to put five issues in one book and sell it for 15 bucks than to print five separate books. Guaranteed, the production cost of one book over the course of 12 months has to be more than producing the same amount of pages of a book maybe twice in the year rather than, you know, or let's say three times in the year rather than once a month for 12 months. Right. You know, why not just collect four issues in a, in one volume and do it three times a year. Well, and the great thing about digital is there's still enough sales to support the monthly books digitally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm all for digital. I like physical copies of books. You like physical copies of books. Oh yeah. But if they want us to read more. Yeah. I mean, I will read, this is a good way to go. I will read more that way. Yeah. Um, Speaking of that HBO max, I have finally, like taking two seconds out of my life to figure out how to put it on Amazon Fire. It's super easy, so I got it on my Amazon Fire Stick now. Did you? Yeah, it's it's ridiculously easy. I don't know why everybody just doesn't do it. You told me this. There's a hack yeah, to it. Yeah, and it's not even that big of a hack. It's a big hack. It's like a very secretive hack. No, that you, you just go in. in and enable. Um, Wait, you turn you put two keys in and have to simultaneously turn them while hitting a red button. Yeah. Knew it. It's like a nuclear code launch, or like a nuclear missile launch. Yeah, but anyway, you can get it on uh, Fire Stick. I would, I would recommend it. I'm enjoying HBO Max quite a bit. There's a couple new shows on there I'm excited to watch. And hmm. yeah, all right. We need to pick up the pace. Yeah. Next, uh, next little bit of news. So the Suicide Squad's Joel Kinnaman, he's playing the character Rick Flag. Mm-hmm has strongly suggested that James Gunn's directed DC reboot will receive an R rating. Serious R rating. Hard R is what I read. Hard R rating. Did you have any doubt of that? Um, In this day and age, kind of, yeah. Why? They made the Joker? No, I know that. Harley Quinn was a rated R movie. Was it? Yeah. Oh, I guess I didn't know that. Yeah. But the original Suicide Squad movie was not. Right. And that was a, a bit of a problem for fans. Yeah. So. I think it's... A, I mean, you're living in a post-Deadpool world, post-Joker world. It needs to be. They're going to make rated R movies, and Suicide Squad is R-rated content. Correct. So. I, I was honestly glad to read this because it needs to be rated R. I mean, you know what paved the way for all of this? What was Logan. first, Logan or Deadpool? I think Deadpool might have been Deadpool, first. Deadpool, then Logan. It was Deadpool, Deadpool that paved the yeah. way for all this. Yep. Anyway. It was. Um, so, moving on. I got a piece of news um, that I just, a correction before you go. Oh, all right. I love corrections. About a month ago, I may have said that Marvel had cast uh, Brie, not Brie Larson, Allison Brie as She-Hulk. Yeah, that's wrong. That's I, completely false. I posted it on our social media. Yeah. Um, it's Tatiana Maslani. Yes, Maslani. Who is apparently in a bunch of stuff. I don't know what, but uh, people seem to be excited about it. <laughs> yeah. So I read the article. Uh, I think she was an orphan black, right? Yes, correct. Um, I've never watched that, but. I've read, a, or uh, read, I've watched a couple shows. It's fine. Yeah, I, I never got into it. I tried it, but... It's a BBC show. It is a BBC um, show. She is Canadian. Oh, I love them. 
Mm-hmm. I love Canadians. Mm-hmm. They're so polite. Everything She's from Regina. What? Regina. That's a that's a town? Yeah, Regina, Saskatchewan. Oh, Saskatchewan. Up in the sketch. You're coming from the sketch, eh? Um, all right. So anyway, go ahead. Um, the first trailer for Dennis Villeneuve or Villeneuve's Denis. Villeneuve. It's Denis. Denis Villeneuve. 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 Denis Villeneuve. It's listen. It looks like Dylan. He's a Canadian too. Yeah, but he's French Canadian. It's yeah. different. It's Denis Villeneuve. Villeneuve. His uh, uh, Dune. He did Dune. Right, he's doing Dune. Um, has re- it's received a less than stellar reception from a filmmaker, Alejandro Jodorowsky. Oh, that's important. Well, he directed uh, the first adaptation of the film mm. in 1970. That was in <laughs> 1970. Yeah, the, the one director with David behind Bowie? the director behind the 1970 film adaptation attempt. Attempt. Yeah, I was gonna say it was in the '80s when the Dune movie came out. Right, but that was also a different director. Okay, so but the first one. This he, is bad news. No, it isn't. So he gave his thoughts, <laughs> and he says, "I saw the trailer. It's very well done." He's like, "We can see that it's an industrial cinema. That there's a lot of money, and that it was very expensive." It's true, <laughs> but he's like, "But." It, if it was very expensive, it must pay in proportion. And that is the problem. There's no surprises. The form is identical to what is done everywhere. The lighting, the acting, everything is predictable. In the end, uh, everything's predictable in the end. Probably true, but what are you going to do? It's based off a book. <laughs> right. But he's Everybody's... Talking, no, he's talking about the cinematography. Yeah, well... Yeah, I mean that's a big but they all look the same. They they do look the same, but you also have to understand like this is Dune, it is big budget. You could clearly see that. Like get get out of here with that. Get like, out of get, here. Get out of here. If like, I didn't think I thought like it kind of looked like a Christian Bale. You're like a spoil sport. Um who's the guy that directed Christian Bale as Batman? Um Christopher Nolan. Christopher it kind of looks like a Christopher Nolan movie to me. It did. Looks like that one with uh, the, You're right. where he goes to the different planets with Matthew McConaughey in it. I don't there's know. A, there's a Christopher Nolan movie. Um, oh, you're he doesn't go to different planets. He goes like in that in that library. A, a library? <laughs> I don't know. Space library. Interstellar is what I'm talking yeah. about. He goes in that space library. Interstellar is a good movie. I thought it was a solid movie. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. Anyway, move on. Next. So, yeah, that guy, that guy, he had an attempt at Dune, and then he's going to tell this guy that's making a big budget movie that it's predictable. Buzz off. Yeah, it's pretty predictable. It's just like the book. Buzz off, If you want to know what happens, just read the book. Um, Here's a little piece of news that kind of made me happy. Keanu Reeves has confirmed that The Matrix 4 will not be a prequel and that is a it's the story takes place after the matrix revolution i'm into that i kind of am too i'm into that i'm not a big fan of the matrix revolutions movie in 2003 i, I was, was a big a- fan of every matrix movie plus the animatrix movies all of the matrix stuff i was a big fan of really yeah i wasn't a big fan of the last one i mean it's not great but it was good it's good in 
Yeah, it's good enough. It's just people were like, oh, it's not as good as the first one. Yeah, well. You can't. Nothing's as good as the first one, you son of a bitch. Yeah, you're right. You bitch. (laughs) Who are you? Don't tell me. The Matrix Revolution wasn't that good, to be honest. But I'm a fan of the entire franchise, and I'm glad it's picking up after that movie rather than being a prequel. Because you know what? A prequel doesn't really involve Keanu Reeves. Right. (laughs) At all. That's a good point. And I don't want to see a prequel about... Freaking whatever that chick's name the was. Chick. Syph- yeah. Whatever her name Syphon was. Siphon Filter. Yeah. <laughs> what was her name? <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember. It doesn't matter. Mulan apparently has done very well with Disney+. Plus. Oh, really? I have not been up to date with this. So Disney doesn't like to give out numbers, right? Just the same as Netflix doesn't like to give Trinity, out numbers. Trinity, by the way. Trinity. Trinity. I knew that. Siphon Filter. Trinity and Tobago, man. <laughs> Oh, I get it. Trinity. No. Trinidad. <laughs> I, I got it. Oh, all right. I just got it. Go ahead. So Disney Plus doesn't like to give out a lot of numbers, but there are a lot of other sites that kind of track this crap secretively. Mm-hmm. And approximately 9 million users purchased the film stateside. 9 um, million times 30 equals. Yeah. So what is 9 million times 30? Not not 300 million. Well. That's a, supposed to be a billion dollar movie. So, well, this is just stateside we're talking here. Oh, yeah. Okay. And this is only talking about the, the week it released. Yeah, that's true, too. That's 270 million would essentially be the. They're, they're projecting 261 million for U.S. market alone. Yeah, but they're shooting for a billion on that movie. They'll get it. I don't know if they will. Uh, I think they will. Don't you think most of the people that have bought it have bought it? Here's here's where they're also figuring out money, though. They said uh, Disney Plus subscriptions Plus. spiked by 68% oh. during the weekend uh, the film began streaming, and consumers' spending in the app alone spiked 193% that weekend. 68%, did you say? Mm-hmm. And there's like what we said this before, there's like 50 million subscribers, right? Well, they're claiming this, this so they was claiming 34. 60. They gained 34 million subscribers? Possibly. They don't release any of the numbers, but they told they told this site that it spiked 68%. At $6.99 a month. No, I think they're basing that off of regular subscription rate. So if they're saying they get like a 2% subscription rate per month, it spiked 68% from that. So that doesn't necessarily oh. mean 30 million viewers. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's been, it was a very expensive movie, I'm sure. Yeah, but it's been pretty productive. For the first week, you made $261 Well, million. and think about it this way. This is another interesting point. They talk about box office run. It doesn't right? come out for free until December. So all the way from now into December, if you want to watch it, you yes. have to pay $30. And we're talking about seven days. Like you haven't paid for it yet, but you I probably not will. I have for it, it, but I'm going to. And yes. I know a lot of people that will, but haven't. So... Yeah, it's gonna happen where I buy it. It's gonna happen where a lot of more, well, a lot of other people buy it. But people We're, might say, okay, well, it might not make a billion dollars. Okay, but if it made a billion dollars, like half of that money is advertising and goes to theaters. They they don't have any of that. They had advertising, but very little, very little. Yeah, and I mean, it, even if it makes five hundred million, it's easily gonna make five hundred million. It's at two hundred and sixty-one right now, projected. 
It's probably better than that. It's in theaters too, though, right? No. It's not coming out to theaters at all? Not that I'm aware of. What, I bet it does in China. Probably. And I bet it well, makes a billion dollars if in China. China allows it. Yeah, they'll allow it. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. <laughs> uh, did, uh, I don't know. China was pretty pissed off about this. They didn't get permission. Oh, nobody cares about what the Communist Party thinks. They didn't get permission, Chris, to, to film. Um, <clears throat> Matt Reeves has that Batman movie. It finally restarted production exactly two weeks. After, 14 days? After Robert Pattinson got his positive COVID test. Ooh, why wasn't it 10? Um, I don't know. Because they're in a different country, I guess. I okay. Know. 14 days. There's been no actual report that Pattinson is back on set, but they are filming again. Yeah. So that's good news because I kind of want this movie to happen, and I kind of want it around in my life. I kind of want it up in my shit. It's too bad it got delayed from... The um, let's see here. Last bit of news. It's kind of a big deal. And it was, I was watching it before you came here uh, tonight for the, for the show. And did your camera just shut off? Yeah, it did. Yeah, I just saw it shut off. Okay. Keep talking. Um, anyway, uh, there was a table read. So like a, wide table read of the movie Fast Times at Ridge Ridgemont High. And it was streamed over the intranets. Um on let's see, where was it streamed? It was f- streamed on Facebook, TikTok, and LiveX Live, which is like a music download site, I guess. I don't know what that is. Um but you can also watch it like the one hour collection of scenes free online on Facebook Live. You can watch it anytime you want. But they had this table read, and they had um, Sean Penn was involved, obviously. Spicoli? He didn't play Spicoli, though, in the table read. Oh, just wait. Brad Pitt, Jennifer Aniston, they had their first reunion, basically, during this. So Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston were involved. They said it got awkward. It didn't get awkward. Julia Roberts, Matthew McConaughey, John Legend, Shia LaBeouf. But these people were not in the movie originally. No, none of them were. Okay. Um, Jimmy Kimmler. I do not Kimmel, like that John Legend guy. Henry Golding, I don't know who he is, and Ray Liotta. I tell you what, Ray Liotta does not look good. No, he does not. <laughs> he's rough looking. I mean. Real bad. He smokes a lot of cigarettes. He does a lot of things because he did not look decent. But I tell you what. Um, I have an unhealthy obsession with TikTok. I know that sounds weird, but I tell you what, really good content is being put out on TikTok. It's hilarious, and I enjoy every moment that I'm on there. Um, and I saw a lot of videos of this on TikTok, so then I looked into it, and Shia LaBeouf did an incredible job as Spigoli. Spicoli. He kind of went like method. It looked like he was kind of messed up. Like, I don't know if he was doing drugs or if he was drunk or what, but watching him do a table read as Spicoli, he was like in and out of vehicles. He was in his house. He was walking around. It was very enjoyable and honestly, super fun because all you could see all of the other people um, involved because it was like a, you know, like a WebEx meeting or like a, um, what are those called? Uh, 
Skype? Zoom? Zoom. That's the one I was trying to think of. It was like a Zoom call. WebEx? Right? What is this? 1995? WebEx. No, that's what the government uses. Yeah, of course it is. Um, <laughs> Fucking government. <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> so be like, what's everybody using uh, for uh, conferencing? Well, a lot of people are using Zoom. A lot of people are using Google Hangouts. Oh, there's a certain percentage of people still None using of those. Skype. He's like, what are we... Uh, and somebody's like, no... No, 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 no. Those are too. Those are too perfect. What can we get? They're not perfect. That's dog shit. And somebody's like, "Well, there's this thing called WebEx." <laughs> somebody's like, "WebEx? That sounds like it's from the '80s, and it works like it's from the '80s too." Government, we're getting it. We're getting it. How much are we gonna pay? Uh, well. Google Hangouts is free. Zoom is free. Uh, Skype is free. It doesn't have anything to do with that. It's it like, has all. We will pay WebEx $1 billion to make trash. AT&T runs it. And of course. It, it's all because of their security you protocol. Mean, you mean the company that took literally trillions of dollars from the U.S. government to put in fiber optic lines in, the, in like 1992? Oh, we still don't have fiber optic. And then never lines. installed one foot of fiber optic from the trillion dollars that they got from the taxpayers. Well, that's up to them. Um, anyway, that's what we use. <laughs> it's because of their security protocol. <laughs> Whatever. That's Go why. on. I don't care. Um, it was hilarious. It is super fun to watch Shia LaBeouf do Spicoli, and it's because Sean Penn is cracking up the whole time, and all of them are laughing about it. It was pretty cool. Yeah. And um I like Shia LaBeouf. He was you know, weird for a while, but he's making he's some good coming stuff now. Back. I, I want to watch that Honey Boy movie and I want to watch that other one that he's in that looks really good oh, too. Oh, I started Honey Boy. I watched like an hour of it. There's an even better one that Honey Boy's really good. There's another one though where he plays it he won an award. He plays it with like a a handicapped actor. That's Honey Boy. Okay, there's another one though. No, that's the one with the Down syndrome actor. Okay, that... But there's another movie that he's in. With another handicapped kid? <laughs> yes, no. Um, that won some awards recently. Yeah, okay. And I'm a Peanut about... Butter Falcon. Yes. Yes, that's what it was. He the created Peanut Butter Falcon. He created that with another kid. Yes. Another handicapped kid? No, another guy, I guess. I another handicapable kid? Yes, that's okay. what I was going for. Um, Oh, what's that guy's name? I never can remember people's names on this show. Yeah, you need to stop. It's so bad. You know the guy, oh, Andy. Oh, Andy. Morgan Freeman? Morgan Freeman. <laughs> that guy, yeah. He's the narrator for this. So he does all of the like intro stuff. He's talking like, you know, about the next scene when they do a table read. Like, dude, Peanut Butter Falcon's the one with the Down syndrome kid. Not Honey it? Boy. Well, I was watching Honey Boy the other day, and it had a Down syndrome. Peanut Butter Falcon is an adventure story set in the world of modern Mark Twain that begins when Zach, 22, a young man with Down syndrome, runs away from the nursing home. Oh, no, that's the one I watched. (laughs) (laughs) Nope, that's the one I watched, because I saw him run away from the nursing home and get involved. Yeah, all right, so I watched Peanut Butter Falcon. (laughs) So I guess I should watch Honey Boy, huh? It's an Amazon original, I think. Honey Boy. Really? Yeah. What's it even about? Um... It's about, okay, let me look at them. Honey Boy is a story about a boy made of honey. <laughs> so, like a modern day Winnie the Pooh. A modern day Winnie the Pooh with Shia LaBeouf playing the Pooh. Oh, Piglet. Ball bother. 
Oh, bother. Um, I'm going to tell you, though. A young actor's stormy childhood and at early adult years as he struggles to reconcile with his father and deal with his mental health. That's the one about a child actor who's now grown up. Oh, like Shia LaBeouf? Like Shia LaBeouf. Buff? Uh, written, screenplay by Shia LaBeouf, based on his own life experience. Oh. That's why he went insane. Yeah, he did. For a little bit. He got real, like political activist for a minute didn't he um i don't know like he some was sort doing, of activist no he was doing like uh he kept doing a bunch of weird things and then saying it was like performance art performance art yeah but it was like him pissing on buildings yeah and breaking windows like him standing chanting standing outside. on top of like a building and then just like peeing his pants yeah like dumb stuff yeah he literally stood in front of a camera like this Live video feed camera just chanting the same thing. For like days, he stood outside and then got arrested. Yeah. Well. Really strange. Let's move on. Um, that was my last news piece. Oh, okay. That's all I had. You should check it out. I'm going to finish watching it um, because it looked really fun. Okay. Well, we got. I got a bunch of what I've been watching. Do you watch things? I have. I have been watching things. I do have a couple um, articles that we could talk about if we get more time, but I think we should do what we're watching first. Okay. And then if we have more time, we can talk about 90s comic book movies that deserve more love or 10 comic book movies that everyone tried to copy. I want to do the more love one. Okay. But first, I want to talk about some stuff I've been watching because there's a lot. Okay. All right. I'm going to start. Are we going to go every other? How many? Yeah, Yeah, we'll do every other. I got six. I got four. Okay. Number one, we'll talk about off the top of the mm-hmm. bat because we've both been watching it and it's still going on, so we're not going to talk about it a ton. Okay. The boys. The boys. Yeah, I'll take that off my list. The boys is insane. It's absolutely the most ridiculous thing I tell you I've what, ever seen in my entire life. Um, Christopher Henderson, Floyd Mayweather, Harford. Uh. This show pushes every limit that you think you can push <laughs> yeah. on a TV show. I and love it. It is so good. You know what? Uh, two things. I'm loving season two better than season one. 100%. Uh, a lot. I'm also loving the week to week thing. I know it's getting tons of hate. No, I like it, it too. It makes it better. So my issue with the first season was that some plot lines and sometimes it would get slow and certain plot lines would drag on and drag it down but when you watch it week to week you don't you have don't feel the same that. problem you don't feel that. that because this last episode season episode five it could you it did kind of drag on it was a little slow it, I, I didn't think it was too slow i just it, it isn't slow because you were only watching one episode a week but if you were watching it in a stretch yeah that that it would be a slow would be episode. slow so um it was a good episode. I, you were a little more jazzed about it than I was, but I liked it a lot. I just loved seeing um, what's the the Black Death guy? Black Noir. Black Noir. That was cool. That was I cool love scene. seeing him getting blown up and burn up. And so, do you know much about the comics? I, I don't. Like, do you know the history of Stormfront? No. Okay. You so, do well. I don't know what they're doing in this show, but in the comics, she's a Nazi. Really? And now they're they're in the last episode. Spoilers, I guess. But they're making her like really racist, obviously. Yes. yes. So she, I think, is a Nazi. Is a Nazi. Show. Like she doesn't age. Interesting. So she was a Nazi, then she came to the US, then she became Liberty, 
which I don't think that happened in the comics. And now she's Stormfront. You don't think that happened in the comics? I don't think so. There's a lot of diverging from the comics. I've never read the comics. I haven't either. Um. Anyway, I've had people ask me about stuff to watch, and I just tell people, I'm like, I don't know what to tell you other than it's the most fucked up thing that's ever existed. It, yeah, I, I, it. I don't know how to explain it. Like, if you enjoy superhero stuff, that's fine. But this is this is not that. Superheroes are involved. Yeah, but it's and not. It, that. It, it stems around them, and they have superhuman ability, which is the majority of what goes on in the show. But but it, it's irrelevant to the show almost. It's like it's an afterthought to. Well, not really. The show, I mean, okay, it's not the irrelevant. Ridiculous things that happen. I mean, no, uh, correct. But that's not like it's not a. I wouldn't consider it like a superhero. It's almost like a. No, it's one hundred percent based around all of these superheroes. It's yeah, just how fucked up they are in their own lives. Like these aren't good people. They are known as the seven, like the seven best superheroes. Well, they're not all the, bad people. And no, but. They're all fucked up in their own way. Like well, something's Starlight. wrong. Starlight, she's pretty normal. She is kind of normal, but she's a liar. All right. <laughs> 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 so I'm really glad that this season isn't based around him and her. Yeah. To the most part. I agree. You know, yeah, that like, was a big issue with the first they season. They touch on it a little bit, but they don't. Huey is getting annoying to me. Yeah, they don't like zone I just want in on more Huey. Butcher. More mother's milk. And I, think I want to drink the milk from the teat. <laughs> well, you and Homelander both, because he has like an orgasmic ex- experience over breast milk. What is not, I'm not getting enough <laughs> of this season versus up. last season is Frenchie, the best character in he's the show. He's very good. And he's barely in this season, I feel like. He just keeps following around the... Kimiko. Is that her name? Kimiko? Kimiko. Yeah. And she's cool. That that she's scene from her wild. was insane. Yeah, she's going a little wild. Um I like I like what's going on this season. I don't know. It's just super I don't know. It's just way over the top, which is Amazon what the comic book is. Is killing it with this show. They're killing it. It's the second highest rated streaming show of the year behind Cobra, Cobra Kai. Kai. It's got an eight it, uh, so the boys is at least for the first couple, the first three. They got an 8.7 really? uh, rating, which is, so it'd be 8.7% of all the televisions. So there's like 115 million televisions. It's, it, it's about 10 million viewers. That's a lot. Per episode, yeah. That's a lot, yeah. That's a lot. Um, okay, uh, the next thing that I've been watching that I just started, brand new series that I just started, Cobra Kai. Oh, nice. Uh, last night, actually, I watched two episodes. And that's it? That's all I watched, yeah. It was late at night, and then I just went to bed. Um, the first episode had me big time. I loved the very first episode. It's such so a good much. show, guys. I don't even know. It's but, silly that it's so good, but it is. But here's the deal. Second episode... Lost me. I mean, not really lost me. It's not like I won't go back and watch it. I will continue to watch this. It just, the first episode had me pumped because it was like, he, Johnny was like so down and out of his luck, you know, like. There's a lot he, of crushing Coors originals. 
And then, yeah. Driving oh, yeah. Trans Ams. That's what he's doing. And getting jamming hit. out to 80s music. It was so great. <laughs> and then at the end, when he was like tying the bandana or like his little head bandana back on, he's like, like getting Cobra Kai ready, like the whole montage. I was like, yes, this is going to be so good. Then the second episode hit, and I was just like, that's not as good. This episode is not as good. I'm going to tell you what. Um, that's why I went to bed. The first like, like uh, half of the first season is just not even representative of what the show is. Like it's not even like they're just like trying to figure out what the fuck they're doing. Okay. Like what their groove is. And then the show becomes completely something else. Well, that makes me happier. So I got to sit through six episodes of shit I'm not going to like. No, you're going to like every episode from now on. I loved the interaction between him and uh, LaRusso, Danny LaRusso. I liked that interaction, like in the very first episode, where he was like, Don't worry about it. I'll take care of your car. You know, like, not a big deal. And he was just way too proud. Yeah. Didn't want anything to do with him. It's like, no, I'm, I'm just taking my car somewhere else. But he ends up like going along with him. But then he still gives him that bonsai tree. Yeah. At the end. I thought that was so funny. And that's when he left that automobile salesman factory place. Like, I'm done, man. Like this, we're going to do it. Cause he said, Danny says to him, like, thank God Cobra Kai isn't around anymore. Yeah. And that's when I was like, oh, you got, Hey, listen, I'm, I know I'm I have excited a lot for you because you have a whole journey ahead of you. I hope it's good. Of spectacular television that is not, I'm not saying it's the boys. All right. I'm well, saying, no, it's not. Going it to be. makes you smile on the inside of your heart. Okay. And also, just like feel a little rad, dude. <laughs> it's good. It's great. Because like I said, after the second episode, it just made me say like, eh, it's I'm going to go It's a good show. It. I love it. It, 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 it kind of season two, it kind of becomes a little bit more of a teen drama. Mm. Not bad though. Like a CW style teen drama. Okay. Like the Flash. Well, I love the Flash. Yeah, it's kind of Flash like. Oh, then... I'm in. Like, um, baby, I'm in. The one guy get, learns how to channel his chi into his punch, and he can actually punch a hole in the time space continuum and travel through time. Oh, well, then I'm back in. to the 80s to save his mom to reverse the championship of Daniel LaRusso <laughs> over no, and was, save his mom from dying, obviously. No, no, oh, no, no, no mom saving. He saves, no, he saves, um, Mr. Miyagi. From dying? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. From Wa- cancer. Wax on, wax off, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> um, none of that happens, but definitely watch Cobra Kai. All right. The next one I watched is I'll just kind of I'll just kind of breeze over it because it could create a long conversation. Um, it's a documentary movie called The Social Dilemma. I haven't watched it, and a lot of people are talking about this. Well, I'm going to tell you what. A lot of people. I watched it. Makes you think. It took me like five different attempts because I kept falling asleep Um, just because it was a late at night watch. I didn't want to tie into something um, Mm -hmm. like a movie. And there's not a lot of series that I want to start right now. Series. 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 So I'm like, I'm trying to watch it. I finally finished it. Um, Yeah, I mean, I... Didn't care for it, frankly. I don't think it's very good, and I don't think it's very well put together. Do you think it's true? Um, yeah, I mean, there's certain aspects of it that are certainly true, 
but it is definitely from a certain perspective. Okay. okay. That's a, what I was A perspective assuming. of an organization and whoever the guy is, the main guy, that is like anti-social media companies. Yeah. And there's lots of like people that are involved in social media companies that are agreeing that but, there's a problem. Yeah. And everybody knows that there's issues. But of course. A lot of the things that they're pointing out are just like ridiculous. Like they're taking the most overdramatic stance or something. So for example, they might be talking about how Oh, this this is like it's social media is so terrible because it's all these companies are doing are creating algorithms to test ads and they're creating algorithms to like induce certain parts of your psychological dopamine receptors to keep you coming back as much as possible and like if you get out of it for a while they'll send you they'll they know what you want so they'll send you a notification that'll bring you back in so they're like trying to suck you in all the I mean, time, so they can advertise to you and make money. That seems accurate. Duh. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's true. Like, duh. We get it. Yeah, we know. That's what they do. They that's sell exactly advertising. What they're doing. But to completely ignore the fact that they also provide a platform for you to do other things on it. And their whole point is like, that's well, a good this perspective. only exists to sell you advertising to make money. It's like, to manipulate you to buy To manipulate products. you and addict you. And to think a certain way. Yes, and they, they, they do say all these things. And yeah, those things are all true. But it's not like there's nothing there. It's not like it's just nothing. No, you're right. There is something there. But here's my argument is that you cannot tell me that these social networking sites hasn't changed society the way we absolutely know it. they've changed society they've changed absolutely. the way absolutely but we have no way of knowing 18 and below people right now only know one certain way and they think one certain way and that's because of social media agree 100% but to sit there and say this is evil. These companies are evil. Everything that's going on is evil. These things only exist to addict you, and they they it dis, they are created well, to addict you, to sell you advertising so they can but, make money. It's ignoring the fact that the world is not black and white. There's shades of gray. I agree like with you. Like there's things, there's good things, there's bad things. There's, there, it, they, it is an addiction. It is a problem. It, they do do things manipulatively to try and addict you more. Two things here is that do you feel like there is more negative to social media than there is positive? I don't think like, so. What is the percentage? I mean, Do you think it's like 60% negative? Uh, uh, like, I think that that's an impossible thing to answer. Yeah. I think it's it an really impossible is. thing to answer. I'll tell you in 100 years when we have the benefit of hindsight. Yeah, and you'll be dead as a door. Thing is, you'll have a tree. they do talk about later on the, the issues with children. That's and the th- I believe that there are significant issues as it relates to children. These things so here that should not be my you know, children shouldn't like, be allowed to be doing it. Do I you, mean, frankly, like eighty percent of the platforms do more negative than I think positive. I would say there's like a twenty percent positive spin on people our age because we can connect with other people that we haven't seen in a long time or family members across the country or world or whatever. But 80% of the platform is filled, any platform you go on, is filled with bullshit media or advertisement or manipulation in a way that they want you to think. So? It's not what, well, 
Who wants you to think? I don't know. They're who. not curating. Your, yes, they are. It's an algorithm that is creating what you're seeing. Which is curating what you see. All It's not curating anything. All it's trying to do is get you to spend more time looking at it. Yes, and that's what it does, which so also changes you more of what you want. But it changes the way we do things in our normal day life. I don't, I don't disagree with that. But my that's po- not necessarily good. It's not necessarily bad either. It just is what it is. It is bad, I think, for a the youths coming up. Like they expect certain things. I, I would that agree. Cannot with that. be it's, provided. It's, it's, to it's them. not. It's not something that's good for children. Or teenagers, especially. That's they're, what I mean. They're at a very vulnerable. Ch- it shows like the rates. I mean, there's no doubt the rates of suicide, of- the rates of depression in preteens mostly is going skyrocketing. And these kids, they don't need it. They don't need it. They don't. We don't need to give it to them. No, we don't. And that is the problem with today is that we grew up in a time that didn't have any of that. So as chi- as children, like growing up, we didn't have anything in front of us that was manip- manipulating the way we think. Besides. Cartoons. Advertising. Advertising or... Which was regulated. Not necessarily just advertising. It's other people on the platform saying like, this is what we should go with. This is what we should do. Like on YouTube or TikTok especially, which I would never allow a child to look at. Um, Twitter, I mean, any of these platforms, Instagram, people can put out a certain platform of what they believe. And if you like that creator... You just immediately believe it too. Yeah. Well, I think and that's that, not good. I think the thing that's wrong about what they they were saying though is they they were taking like the absolute most negative thing about everything. So they're saying like, which is okay, what those this social media, do. this Facebook, for example, is coming out here. There, there's an advertiser, and they're they're they have the ability to run millions of different algorithmically created types of their ad. And well, then they're able to analyze that data to figure out what manipulates you most <laughs> and then use that. And I'm like, that's oh, like, yeah, yeah, duh. duh. So like, they're able to run a bunch of mini experiments on all the users and see what generates the highest amount of sales? Of course. Okay, yeah, of that's course. That's not a bad thing. Have you, have, do you guys know about? computers or everything (laughs) ever that's what advertising is you asshole and it's been doing it for a long long time before any social media thing came about i think the the point to me was more like you're looking at it like this highly addictive dopamine inducing thing which it, it is it is correct and so are everything else we do to a point. So like, are video games. So is television. That's the, so is cigarettes. So, so I is said, alcohol. I so, mean, they're all the same thing. It's just about what portion of your time do you want to dictate to these different things. Right. And that's what I was going to bring up when I said I've got two things. One of them was like, is it more negative than positive? I think it is more negative. The second thing was... What's more positive? I mean, is no, sitting is, around drinking all the time is, more positive? Is, than- this the, is this the next... like? Uh, like gaming argument, how everybody always said. I think it is. Like games are negative for people because it incites violence. Like there's so many violent games and it makes children violent or kids violent or people violent. Is this that argument just well, in a different platform? See, my argument with games has never been the violence thing it, it, and it, it still isn't. But, but that like, was in media. I had problems that was the argument. initially with Fortnite, okay, with my kid playing Fortnite. And eventually I just caved because all of his friends were. 
And, and now you play it. And I started playing it. And it it literally, that game... Manipulated you. Is a manipulation change. of addiction. So it, it addicts you. Everything about that game provides pathways to addiction. Yes. It is... To buy V-Bucks, to make money. Yes. And I... And, so the other day, your your kid was over, and another kid, and my, they were playing for like four hours straight, <laughs> yes. and started to fight. It got to be a problem. So anyway, I, later on that day, I'm talking to Cash, and I, I just had to sit him down. Like, you have to understand, it's a game. It's fine. It's fun. I enjoy it too. I'm like, I get it. We all enjoy it. But you have to understand that this game only exists to sell you V bucks. Yes, that's the only reason this game exists. Well, no, it's not. The game's fun. They created the game for us to play. No. No, they didn't. They didn't create the game for you to have fun and play. They created the game to, to sell make, you V-Bucks. And to make money. And that's the same thing with social media, though. And I said to him, and the same thing I'll say about social media, does that mean it's wrong to play the game? No. Did that? You just need to be aware of what's happening around you. That's so and hard to do with aw- children, But though. the awareness you, is what's important. Children are only aware of what's directly in front of them. Cash is aware now because I it sat is, him down and told him. He's aware when you tell him, but when he plays the game or he ha- hears a friend say like, well, I got this skin or I got this pack or I got this thing, he's going to come and say, well, I need that. Well, I, my friends have it. Well, I have no different than uh, I got a pair of Air Jordans. I want those. Who does people do people buy Air Jordans? Still? Yeah. Really? Is that still a thing? It's plug in any toy. No, I, my I point agree. is, I think it's a little over dramatic. I understand that there's negative things with social media. I don't think it's anything that kids need to be participating in. Correct. It, I think it's different than video games. I think it's fine on some level for kids to um, play video games. I think they do get things out of it. To see what these kids can do at their age in Fortnite is amazing. It, it, yeah. And you can't tell me that there's not something positive that they're garnering out of that. Well, and. With the way the world is. But there's is, nothing for children with social media. There's no reason for them to be on that. And there's no positive, no. necessary thing. Because you're right. The positives from social media do exist, but they're few and far between. I mean, for, for my a, main use of social media, by the way, is just promoting Snarf Talk, Snarf Talk yeah. or our businesses or iTrees or our other businesses. Which is exactly back to the... Not to the but, negative. But is part that of negative for me to promote my business? It's and for it's people not necessarily to negative. For people to come across, I mean, we put out what I think is um, for. Uh, let's talk about iTrees. Okay. Yeah. yeah. This is my tree company. I, I, I mean, we really focus and work hard on putting out articles and posts that are informative and helpful to people, and it's also an advertisement for us. The problem with it is that you also have like 10 times the amount of companies that are putting out information that is completely false only to drag you into a conversation that is the opposite of what you're doing. Like their only, their only goal is to catch your attention with a one little clip and that is like completely out of context and driving you a completely wrong way. So that's Wait, you're talking about politics now. Any, it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter if it's politics. It doesn't matter if it's about so, trees. Somebody could have a website about trees that tells them the exact opposite information that you're giving them, and then there could be just as many people that believe that than what believe you. So I mean, I guess, but I mean, 
it's really only an issue with media, right? Media and politics. Yeah, media is the worst. Okay, so that's the issue. And so maybe we need to focus on the real issue, not being social media platforms, which is just a platform. Right. Maybe, and, and yes, that platform is going to allow advertisers to advertise you. Get over it. Because that's been happening since the beginning of mankind. And yes, that platform's going to make their program as compelling as they possibly can so that you can spend more of your day on that program so they can sell you more advertising. Duh. Get over it. Maybe we need to address the media if they're the ones creating the problems. Yeah, but I, th- but I think like the content that is being put out, good or bad, is what the problem is. So you could have, you know, 5,000 articles that are good, but you could have 10,000 articles that are negative and bad, and that's what society believes. Like the majority of society will start believing these negative things, and it changes the way people think. Yeah, it I mean, changes the way society goes on, and it's not a good thing. I, I guess. I, I mean, they did make some good points towards the end where they're talking about how the fact that um, from 1970 to today, computing power has risen a bajillion, quadrillion. Percent. Yeah, a quadrillion. It's gone up a quadrillion. That's exponential growth. Um, but the human brain hasn't changed in 100 million years. Yeah, ever. <laughs> or 10 yeah. million years, whatever, however long humans have been around. I mean, barely. It's barely changed. Yeah. It changes over the courses of hundreds of thousands of years. But this technology has increased. So it's going to take time. But I think this 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 documentary specifically is massively skewed um, and coming from a certain perspective and I'm no I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan of these social media platforms and frankly I don't feel like I abuse them I don't feel like I'm addicted to them I really don't uh, I don't spend a lot of time on them and whatever time I do spend on them is literally wasted time not not like I'm yeah. wasting hours of valuable productive time it's like you're gonna go to the bathroom you're gonna sit and look at it for 10 minutes or you're gonna first thing you wake up in the morning you need some time to lay there and wake up you're gonna look through your facebook feed for 15 minutes Mm -hmm. Uh, and then again it'd be the end of the world people right let's not overreact here as long as you can be in that scope of but there are a lot of people that will waste hours and hours and hours of their day that's a problem there are high school students that i've been involved with that have like their screen time for their phone is coming in at nine hours a day that they're spending. Where are their parents? I mean, I, agreed. I, I agree with that. There should be a little bit. I mean, that's a problem. Yeah, it, it really is. But how can you regulate screen time for kids when they're not at home? Don't give them a phone, I guess. Yeah. But, or set screen time limits. I mean, they all have the capability on your phone. Yeah, but. Uh, or on your iPad, on your laptop, they all have screen time limitations you can set on your kids. People don't want to do it. Right. People don't do it. People don't do it. They don't want to do it. Or maybe the parents just don't understand. That they can. Or, you know, they don't care. Or maybe that kid's going to turn out and be fine. Could be. <laughs> yeah. Know? I mean, like, we Absolutely. don't know. We have no idea. Yeah. I mean, and I don't know. I, my point is, let's not jump to conclusions here. There's a mat. 
with different conclusions on it. Yes. And you can jump to them, Jerry. <laughs> yes, you're exactly right. I understand that. All right, the next thing I was watching, um, it's something we've talked about a lot. You've already finished the all of the seasons. I have not yet. I'm trying to, but it just takes so much time to watch hour-long episodes. Oh, I know what it is. The Last Kingdom. Utrecht, son of Utrecht. Oh, my gosh, this show. We are on the third season. We haven't started it. We finished the second. Isn't there like finally. seven of them? Four. Four. Okay. There's only four. We're waiting for the fifth. The problem is, is that like... Fifth and last, right? Yeah. Yeah. We're, the problem is, is like we've got... They're very long seasons too, right? They're like 12 episodes. Or ten. ten. They're ten, but they're all ex- like right at an hour long. Some are There's, over an hour, I think. Yeah. It, it's a lot of time you got to put into the show. And Amy and I spent all of last Saturday because it rained. We've been busy. We're never home. We never have a day where you just sit and do literally nothing. Right. You don't worry about housework. You don't worry about outside work. You don't worry about the kids and doing help, things. Well, help that your children weren't at your home. That was the best thing in the world. You don't know how great it was that you took Grady to your house and he spent a day and a half there. Basically, yeah. I mean, I just kept him the whole next day, yeah. And I would have kept him longer. I thought you had to be home at three. Oh, no, it, it Amy was just saying, like, we have people coming over the next day and we needed to, like, kind of get prepared for that, but we weren't gonna do none of that on Saturday, like, we were not gonna prepare for people at our house until the day they were going to be there, <laughs> right? And, uh, anyway, so we spent all of Saturday because it was raining, uh, just watching The Last Kingdom, and we spent 10 hours watching this show in one day. Yeah. It was the best thing the best I could ever remember. Yes. <laughs> it was literally the best day I can remember in the last year. Yeah. And we just sat there watching the show. I was so involved with them. And I love it. I love The Last Kingdom. If people are not watching The Last Kingdom, you're an idiot. You're a straight <laughs> yeah. moron. You're a freaking... You are an ignoramus. Yeah, you have no purpose in existing. Get on Netflix, watch The Last Kingdom. It is incredible. It's better than Game of Thrones ever thought of being. It is so much more like relatively realistic and just good. Watch it. I agree. And I need to continue to watch this. It's just that you don't realize how much an hour means to you until you're watching a show. And you can start a show and then realize like, oh, shit, it's like 10 o'clock already and I have one more hour to finish the show and I can't do it. You have to set a I time and be like, if you're going to watch something with a spouse, right? Mm-hmm. If you're going to watch it on your own, what do you, you can watch it at work, you know? But if you're going to watch it... Well, I can't, I can't. Well, you understand. I mean, you can watch it. There's times you can fit it in. Yeah. Um, but if you're going to watch it with a spouse, you have to like set a time. You got to be like, Tuesday nights, we watch an episode. And, and Thursday that's what nights, we need we to start doing. Just two a week. Yep. You know, we don't have to watch it every night because it's unrealistic. It's not going to happen. Right. But if you say like Tuesday nights and Thursday nights, we're going to watch The Last Kingdom. Yeah. Well, definitely not Thursdays. Definitely not Thursdays. (laughs) I'm just using a random time. I agree. That's what we need to start doing because it is very hard to watch a show with your spouse when she wants to go to bed at 8 o'clock. Yeah. It's a problem. That's my life too. But either way, Last Kingdom, watch it. Utrid, son of Utrid, is the best. Next. Oh, that's me. 
Um, okay. I watched a movie of some critical acclaim um, by one Mr. Taika Watiti. Um, I recently, like I told you, I got back into HBO Max. They were showing on there uh, Jojo Rabbit. Jojo Rabbit, the the Nazi one. Yeah. So I've been wanting to see this movie for a long time. Um, I'm a huge fan of Taika Waititi. He's incredible. Uh, I'm a. Uh, I feel like there's been a drought. 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 <laughs> drought. Yeah, that's how it's pronounced. There's been a drought in my life for yeah. original content that yeah. isn't like based on IP. I agree. Um, so I really wanted to watch this movie. I didn't actually want to watch it, but I'm like, you know what? I need to force myself to be cultured enough to watch something that isn't right. based on genre IP. Oh, yeah. And so I, I popped it on. I watched a little Jojo Rabbit. <sighs> Fell flat. I wasn't I wasn't that into it. Really? I wanted to be into it. I, I mean, all I've seen is the trailers and what it's about. It looked very interesting to me. I love World War II stuff. Yeah. I love Nazi Germany stuff. Me too. I, think it, I liked everything. I love Taika Waititi. It is, it is funny at moments. It has its funny moments. Because um, it's a comedy, right? Like yeah, the whole it's thing is a supposed comedy, to be a comedy. Dr- dramedy, whatever. It has some dramatic moments. It's powerful. It's interesting. Uh, Taika, I mean everything. Taika Waititi is great in a, as Hitler, who's the imagine. It's about a little boy, yeah, who's like a Hitler youth, and Hitler. He's got an imaginary friend that is Hitler. Interesting. And so he's like all into Hitler, yeah. And he finds out that his mom, who's Scarlett Johansson, has been hiding a Jewish girl. She seems great. She is great. Yeah. She is great. Um, an heiress, by the way. I didn't know that. To a fortune. Um, by the way, in real life, yeah, in real life, sure. Scarlett Didn't Johansson, know that. yeah. Um, so anyway, it, it, it's good. I mean, uh, it just wasn't. Uh, I, maybe I wasn't in the right mood for it. It just didn't. It didn't hit me. I wasn't that into it. Hmm. I wish. I wish I could say differently. The film snob in me wants to be more. <laughs> Uh, into it, but I, I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't enthralled what, by it, and it was. Did fine. you need more comedy? Did you need more story? Did you need more heart? Like, what I did you know. need? It just felt a little. It just felt a little flat for. Was me. it boring? Yeah, it was a little boring. I okay. felt. I felt bored, at many many times. Okay, this is an old story that he wrote. Taika Waititi wrote like years and years ago, and had a, a really hard time getting produced. Nobody wanted to produce it. Nobody wanted to make it. Maybe that's why. Um, I, I can guarantee you that's not why. <laughs> oh, really? I mean, the heavy. I mean, I think anytime you involve Hitler, true, as a as like a sympathetic. That's a hard sell. That's a hard <laughs> <Yeah>. sell. <laughs> um, so it was fine. It was just a little. Just fell a little flat. But okay. I, 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 it's not like I disliked it. Yeah. But it wasn't my favorite thing in the world. All right. Next. My next, my last one that I've watched is a new show on Netflix that just came out, I think, last week, beginning of September, either way, um, is a show called Away. And is that the one with, uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, Hillary Swank. Hillary Swank. Yes. I've been wanting to watch that. So it's a space. It's a, it's a movie, though, right? No, it's an episodic show. Oh, it's a show? I thought yeah. it was a movie. Nope. Episodes. Oh, well, I'm definitely watching that next. So I'm five episodes in. Um, oh, so you're liking it. 
And I do like it. I do. So right away, so it is about space. They're going to Mars. They're going to colonize Mars. Right? Love space. I love everything it's in like space. like my favorite thing. Mine too. <laughs> I agree. It's my favorite genre of everything. So she's an astronaut. She is chosen to be the commander, the leader of this group of astronauts that are going to Mars. They're the first people going to start a colonization on Mars. They already have a moon station. So she's lived on the moon for a while. She's home for a little while in the beginning. Um, then they go to the moon, and they show her getting on the spacecraft to go to Mars. A little bit of an issue on the way there. I'm only five episodes in. I think there are eight or ten episodes. I want to believe ten. There might be eight. Either way. Um, it is So it is a space story about them going there. But it's more a story about each individual astronaut's issues at home, kind of. Like, it relates to a lot of being away from home, what the dynamic is between your husband and wife when you're in space for, it's a three-year mission, so they're going to be gone for three years. She has a husband that is also involved with NASA, um, but also a teenage daughter, and a lot of that kind of dynamic and flashback. So... Some people might be put off by that um, because it's it's dramatic in that sense. Like it's dramatic because they're in space and have issues going on, but it's more of a it's a smaller story than you would think, as of right now. Anyways, from what I've gathered, like it's very internal dilemma more than external dilemma of like space station stuff. So people might be turned off on that if you think like, oh, it's a big, huge story in space it is but it isn't and i like it a lot like i've seen a lot of negative reviews because they're like oh it's about like a husband and wife that have problems or like this man and this woman have problems like okay yes you're right but follow the story and you'll understand it like follow what they're doing and try to understand like what an astronaut would have to go through being on a space station away from their family, you know? Right. And then there's also the struggle of her being a woman and being the commander of all these other people. There's never been a woman commander and like that kind of struggle. There's a Russian that obviously doesn't want to be commanded by anything because Russians are Russians. You know, we know that they always have problems, but all in all, yes, yes. Vodka. <laughs> That's all I can say. Potato. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I like it a lot. I think the way it's filmed is incredible. The production is incredible. Like the space walks that you see. Awesome. Yeah. I love everything about it so far. Um, I thought it was a movie. I've been wanting to watch it, but I probably will watch it. Like the, there's one scene and I'm just going to give it away to you. Like right in the beginning, I think it's the second episode where they have to unfold these like solar arrays to get, they're basically like solar panels to get power. If they don't unfold, then they don't get enough power to get to Mars. And two out of the three unfold, the third one gets stuck. And it was because of a cable that wrapped around a certain part. They had to undo this cable so that it would unfold. And they do a spacewalk to do that. The Russian and the commander go out there um, to fix this. And there's a part where she has to unhook and he basically flings her 
up to the solar panel and she has to grab onto an edge that and then like happen, first off no i it's not realistic in that essence but it's a show like you just have to watch the show be yeah. in the show and she grabs onto the edge to fling herself around this was completely against what like the nasa space center was telling him to do like at home they're like no don't don't do that she does it anyways and it was so great to watch it looks real like yeah. it all looks real to me it looks like you're watching a spacewalk video and I, I don't know. I love it. I'm in the bag for anything like that. I don't care how unrealistic it is. And she does a really great job and fixes the solar array. Nice. And it made me very happy. <laughs> and then they get back and they like applaud her. Like, wow, you got some guts, kid. You know? Like, you got some gumption. Yeah. It was awesome. You got gumption. And then she's on the backside. In you can't Russia. See anybody. Women don't have gumption. Yeah. Women don't count in Russia. <laughs> Um, I want to watch I, it. What, you should. I will. I will. I like space stuff. Um, the problem I'm having now, Jerry, is I have two, my two main ones that I wanted to talk about, mm-hmm. and we're at two hours. I know. So I don't know what to do now. Can um, you give us those two, and then we'll see which one we would talk about, or if we could cover both? Or? Well, okay. The first one I watched is American Pickle, <laughs> the Seth Rogen movie. You watched it. I did watch it. It's on HBO Max. Okay. Um, I loved it. I loved it. I thought it was great. I thought it was a great movie. Um, I want to talk about more about it, really, but I feel like you should watch it so we can both talk about it. No, I think I would let you tell me about it. Really? Why? Nothing about that stood out as something I needed to watch. Wrong statement. I I thought it was a great movie. I mean, there was a guy that got pickled. That's not what it's about, though. It's not about that. It's I'm about sure it's about the dynamic this, between an old generation and a new. Yeah, it's so this old, old. It'd be his great, great grandfather, right? Who came over from Poland to as a Jewish person, escaping persecution. Sure. Um, and, and he came get, to the United States. Gets he pickled. was pickled, <laughs> and he comes um, out now. Falls in with a his vat great, great of grandfather, a grandson, who is a really liberal. Annoyingly liberal um, app designer in Brooklyn, and their their dynamic together. There's a lot of comedy, but there's a lot of dark stuff that happens too. Okay, and there's a lot of uh, interpersonal family drama. And they and teach each other. They do, and there. But there's also a lot of heart. A lot of heart. Um. It's a really good movie. I thought it was a really good movie. Okay. I really did. I enjoyed it a lot. I mean, it caught my attention because of the name and being Seth Rogen. I thought Seth Rogen was great in it. He's the only one in it. Fantastic. Like, He's the main character on both ends. Yeah, I never thought he would be able to pull off the accent the whole time. Um, I I thought it was very funny. I don't like Seth Rogen's, like, all his movies now have to be, like, hyper-liberal. I mean... That is the day and age. I guess it is, but he him specifically so. I mean, like, yeah, it's it's a little over the top. However, um, despite all that, which is fine with me, um, it was. I thought a very funny movie, kept me interested, very heartfelt, had a very good message at the end. Um, okay. I wasn't a hundred percent crazy about the very ending of it. 
Um, I felt like it ended a little abruptly, but the story was wrapped up. I guess maybe I just wanted more. Yeah. So All right. maybe I would I'll recommend it. it. It's on HBO Max. I don't have HBO Max. You can get HBO Max on an Amazon Fire Stick if you don't know how. I can tell you. Well, they want like seven different emails in order to get it. It's so. extremely easy. You just go and allow non-Amazon apps. Then you buy a little app called Downloader. And then you go to that app and you enter the URL for HBO Max. It downloads it and you're done. <laughs> Sounds simple. It, it is very simple. Um, There's so many steps besides the just last movie that, that we can talk about because I guess you don't want to talk about American Pickle anymore because you just have made a decision to despise it for no reason. I did. I did. I'm sorry. You shouldn't have made that decision. I thought it was very good. All right. I believe you, and I should probably watch it. You're right. Um, I just don't have H. The last one I watched was a, a very low budget movie. Ooh, I love low budget. Um, Amazon Original. All right. Called Vast of Night. I've never even heard of it. You've not heard of this? No. You've not seen it on there? It's an Amazon original movie. It came out uh, a couple months ago, and it was, uh, it was a, uh, I'm sure Amazon purchased it. It was a very low-budget made movie. It, it fits into that genre of, it's hardcore sci-fi. Oh, love uh, it. Very much in the vein of like a Twilight Zone. In fact, oh. so much that the story is like it starts out in a te- in a in a living room on a 1950s TV cuz it's set in the 1950s. Okay. And it goes into the TV in like an episode of The Twilight Zone. Yeah. And then you watch the movie and then at the end it kind of pulls out of the TV like it's an episode of The Twilight Zone. I think Zone. that sounds amazing. I don't even know how to explain this movie. Um I mean the story is pretty cut and dry. It's straight sci-fi. Um aliens it is, yeah. It's about aliens. Um, it's I, I'm going to say spoilers right now, but I'm not going to ruin it okay. for you. Okay. So it's set in the 1950s. Um, it's about these two teenagers. One of them, which works at the radio station um, as a radio DJ, and the other one is a high school student, and they're the same age or maybe a couple years apart. She also works the switchboard. Oh yeah. And so it's really fun just the watching the settings of the 1950s. And how different it is from everything today. But anyway, she's working the switchboard one night. Everybody in town's at the basketball game. It's a small town. Um, she plugs in and hears this weird, weird, weird noise over the switch. Yeah, something like that. And she's and it's already been established before that that she's friends with this radio guy who's kind of like a cool guy, radio kind of nerd. Yeah, me. Um, Essentially. Now, I will say one annoying thing is the dialogue can get a little quick, a little fast-paced. Okay. And it's a little unrealistic in that sense. Um, Should be used to that with a Kevin Smith movie. It's very, very fast. It almost reminded me of the things I didn't like about Uncut Gems. Oh. How it's very, like, nonstop, fast-talking. Like, yeah. Like, no breaths taken. Anyway. It doesn't give you time to think. Exactly. So, anyway, she patches through she gets this sound and then she starts getting these calls from other people that are like cutting out and then finally she gets this call from this lady that's like there's something in the sky i'm going into my cellar call the police cuts out so she patches through this sound to the guy at the radio station and he's like i don't know what that is it's been established that he's like all into audio engineering 
Okay. So he knows everything about audio engineering and radio signals and things like that. And he doesn't know what it is, so he plugs it into the live feed. He's like, if anybody knows what this sound is, call in. Okay. So yeah. this guy calls in. He's like, I used to work for the military, and he's got this whole story. This I is like this, this is where the movie turns. Okay. So this it's just this guy in his radio booth talking, and this other guy talking over the radio, telling this story. This very descriptive, um, unsettling story of the things that he experienced in the military. And so they're just it's just a close-up of the guy's face, him talking, but mostly this other guy talking to him in the voice over the phone, right? Yeah. And then slowly the whole screen will just fade to black. And you'll just hear this guy over the phone telling his story to a completely black screen. What? The movie is this? The movie. And then slowly, after about five minutes, it'll fade back in. And then it'll keep telling the story and keep telling the story. And then slowly again, the screen just fades back to black. Because you're getting so enthralled by the story. It doesn't matter what you're It doesn't you're matter. And it's just really well done. Wow. And then after that, obviously, there's the drama of aliens. What's going on? And, you know, then they go to this old lady's house who has, she calls in the radio station. Um, a- anal probe. She's like, I know what's going on. It's so fucking weird. She's like, I know what's going on. And, and they're like, okay. She's like, come over and I will tell you. I can't leave my house. So you need to come here and I'll tell you. So they bring their tape recorder over there. They're like recording this old lady. She's telling this, again, like enthralling story. Mm-hmm. It's just a very simple movie made for no money. And it's like tense. Yeah, that's right? that's what I enjoy. I love tense, somewhat unsettling movies, but not horror. It's not horror. Right? It's not horror. That's, it's sci-fi. No, I know. And that's what I mean. Like... You don't need a horror movie to to make people feel things, right? You know, to scare them in a sense. The unsettling, the unknowing of what's coming next can be like given to you just through someone's story, just through yeah. like audio context, basically, like what what they're saying to you, what has happened. You don't even have to physically see it, which you apparently don't. I mean, if they're fading to black while someone's talking and it still makes you feel something, that is awesome. Yeah. Like, I think that is an incredible movie. I, I enjoyed it a lot. It Obviously, more happens and it goes goes forward towards the end. Um, I wasn't like crazy about the ending. Um, I felt it ended a little abruptly, but either way, like it was, um, it, 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 it was very unsettling. Was it good? Like overall, would you say yes? Good. Would you, you should watch this? Yes. I would watch it and recommend it to a sci-fi fan or somebody that likes sci-fi or what's the name of it again? What's the name of it? Vast of Night. Vast of Night. It's okay. certainly not like anything I'd really seen before. So if you want something and novel. And I like that. Um, novel. Also, I really enjoyed the um, the simplicity of it. It was a very simple story. Mm-hmm. And 
I enjoyed the setting, like the 1950s setting, which I really think they nailed. Um, and the juxtaposition of that versus today is so wild. That's awesome. You know, and in a way that it, it maybe I noticed a little more than I have in other movies that are set during the 1950s. Sure. I think they reveled in it a little bit. More. Yeah. Um, do you know the who made this or who wrote it or anything? Um, you know what? Yeah, it said the guy's name, but I didn't recognize it. It wasn't anybody I recognized. I, I believe it was a low-budget independent film. I'm sure Amazon either produced or picked up the rights for. Um, Sarah McCormick was the main woman, and Jake Horowitz is the main guy. Honestly, the it it almost everything about it. It's it's very dark, mm-hmm. so it's really hard to even like see people's faces. Really, um, through a lot of it. And there's is it an, black and white? I don't think so, but honestly, I didn't even notice. You can't tell. It's it's very dark and shadowy. Okay. So it's I don't think it was black and white, no. It like the way you describe it, I see it as like a black and white movie. Andrew Patterson was the um cinematographer, oh director. Writer. Old Andrew Patterson. That's oh, Patty Patterson. That's what we used to call him. Um, it got a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes, 65% audience score. So maybe people won't agree with me as much, but the critics liked it. I liked it. Um, that's all that matters. Hmm. I don't necessarily agree with critics. Um, writer, director Andrew Patterson and cinematographer M.I. Litton Bentz are at times breathtakingly mobile as their camera navigates a tiny world. Frozen in nicotine amber. I feel like that's a good description. (laughs) What's the nicotine amber? You never said anybody was smoking or anything. Oh, yeah, everybody's smoking. It's the 1950s. Oh, right. (laughs) Um, I enjoyed it. I it I sounds really liked it a lot. the way you describe it. And it gets really weird towards the end. It it, it, honestly, it felt like a I love weird Twilight Zone episode. It felt like a Twilight Zone episode, but for an hour, hour and a half. It's only an hour and a half long. And that's probably what it was based off of. Yeah, you know what I mean, because like, it wasn't like outright of. horror. Um, like the Twilight Zone was just like hair standing up on your arms, unsettling, yes. just tense, unsettling stuff that you don't get. You don't get it in modern day movies. Like you don't feel that in any modern day movie. Maybe for a time, but for the whole film, you really don't feel that. And I, I want it. I want it in my life. I want it. I want it. I want it. it. Give me that tense. I want it. I want it. I want your tension (laughs) in my bones. All right. We went way over. Um, Not way over, but. Nah, it's pretty typical. Once upon a time, um, we had t-shirts and hoodies. And that time still exists. So if you want to get a t-shirt, we're getting in a t-shirt or uh, sweatshirt weather. Hoodie weather. It is hoodie weather. If you want a hoodie, a Snarf Talk hoodie, they're amazing indigo blue. They're gorgeous. Yeah. They are gorgeous. For men and women. I just sold out the stock that I had. Um, I don't have any more. So we're going to have to get some. We have a bunch more. Good. That's good to know. <laughs> uh, buy those. Go to patreon.com slash Snarf Comics. Support the show. I would like to start a drive. We're going to start this next week. I want everybody listening to just go on there and give us a dollar. One Dollar a month. One That's all month. we're asking. One dollar a month. Really, it would be nice just to feel the the, support, the love, the support, and the love. That that would be 
it would be everything to us if you enjoy our show. I don't think it's too much to ask for $12 a year. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. And it, and honestly, you think it's like $1 and it, it's forgettable, but um, it's not to us. It can absolutely help what we're doing. And it isn't creating. about the money. It would just help with the... We can create so much more and give you so much more content for one dollar. Yeah, like I said, though, I don't. I, I feel like we're we're putting out money. It's not about money. It's the fact that it it is recognition, and I feel like it would make me. I don't know. It would just feel good to know that there was a bunch of these people out there supporting you, even for a buck. Yes, absolutely. It feels. It isn't good. about the money. It just it's about the like feeling of support. But what you can also guarantee is that it will create more content yeah, for you. That is true. And Snarf Talk wants to create content. We are content hungry. <laughs> I'm on that content. <laughs> All right. For Snarf Talk this week, I've been Chris. I am Jerry. See you. Show you the world Shiny, shimmering, splendid Tell me, princess, now when did you last let your heart decide? I can open your eyes Take you wonder by wonder Over sideways and under On a magic carpet ride a whole new world, a new fantastic point of view. No one to tell us no, or where to go, or say we're only dreaming. A whole new world, a dazzling place I never knew. But when I'm way up here, it's crystal clear. That now I'm in a whole new world with now you. Now I'm in a whole new world with Unbelievable sights, indescribable feelings, soaring, tumbling, freewheeling through an endless diamond sky. A whole new world. Don't you dare close your eyes. A hundred thousand things to see. I'm like a shooting star, I've come so far, I can't go back to where I used to be. Every turn a surprise, with new horizons, every moment's red letter. I'll chase them anywhere, there's time to spare, let me share this whole new world with you. For you and